Okay, Tov, good morning. Morning. Good morning. Howdy, hi, Judy. Good morning. Hi, Laurie, how are you? Good morning. Hi, Nicole. Good morning, Shabbat Shalom. Good morning. I heard that. <laughs> good morning, Dr. Shalom. A beautiful morning, morning here Shalom. in the neighborhood. Hey, did you get a haircut? Yes, I did. I'll admit to it. <laughs> good morning, Dr. P. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Dr. P. Yeah, hi, Jenny. How are you? Happy to be here. Oh, good yeah. I'm so glad you guys are. Hey, Murray. How are you? Good, good. Good to see you. Good to see you. Shabbat Shalom. Hi, Jackie. Hi. Shabbat Shalom. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. We're, we're still gathering here. We've got a few more to go for sure. But it is a beautiful day here in the, in the undisclosed location. Shabbat Shalom. Hi, John. Hey, Shabbat hey, Shalom, Dr. P. Good morning. Is it Good morning. Hi, Eileen. Good to see you. Shabbat Shalom, Dr. P. Shabbat, Shabbat shalom. shalom. Hi, Heather. <laughs> hey, Eugenia, there you are. I see you. Yes. Shalom this morning. Hi. Shalom. It's it's beautiful but cold here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's beautiful here, but I mean, you know, it, you wouldn't call it warm, that's for sure. No, we have a Ontario weather now. Ontario weather. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I know what that means. Yes, I do. Yeah, well, it's but nonetheless a beautiful August, you know, and as we end up this month, it's going to be a beautiful it's going to be a beautiful Shabbat. It's going to be wonderful for all of us, really. And even though there are some things that are pressing on the community, nonetheless, we're going to have a wonderful Shabbat because Yah is with us and he has not abandoned us and he's not going to leave us either. And uh, so this is a, a wonderful thing. All right, let me see if I can get, I wanna to try to get the chat open here too. Let's see. Okay, let's open up the chat. There we go. Oh, it's 100 degrees there. Whoa, somebody's at 100 degrees. Well, all right. Well, I'm not at 100 degrees, that's for sure. <laughs> there we go. All right, let's see. Here comes Anusha, and there's Bettina. All right, excellent. And Doug's going to join us this morning. Fantastic. All right, let's keep going here. Okay, very good. Yeah, good. That's Marcus. That's outstanding. Good morning. Good morning. Good. Hi, Bettina. How are you? but I have a question really quick. Okay, make it quick. Is anybody watching the moon? Because it's all over the sky lately. It's over in one place and then it's over in another place. Me and Debbie have been watching it. Yeah. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like One night it's in the northern hemisphere and two nights ago it was in the southern hemisphere. And where is it this morning? And this morning it's on the western high in the sky. Well, well that's because... That's because your your portion of the Earth is doing weird stuff all over the solar system. You guys are kind it's of moving wobbling. around. It's <laughs> <laughs> a flat Earth happening. thing. Yeah, yeah, it's a flat Earth deal. Yeah, you never know. You know, uh, yeah, right. Somebody somebody lost control of it, and then the next thing you know, the moon was all was all over the place. Yeah. No, but seriously, this thing's all over the place. First, it's over here, and then it's back there, and it's over yeah. there, and then it's over there. I don't know about you, but we had an absolutely magnificently beautiful golden moon, golden full moon, you know, on the 15th, a few days back, man, it was just beautiful, you know, and of course, up here in the Alaskan sky, I mean, if I can paint, it's hard, it's hard for me to paint the picture for you, 
but where we are in this valley where we are there are uh we're surrounded by mountains and so on the on the western side we have what's called sleeping lady and uh so it's a mountain that looks like a woman has laid down to sleep and then on the eastern side we're surrounded in three ways by we have we have a ridge of mountains on this side and then it goes way up into a valley uh where there are numerous glaciers then you have uh mount Matanuska is what it's called, Matanuska. And it's beautiful. It rises up to about 6,500 feet. And then there's a gap that goes back into a valley that runs back to the Kinnick Glacier. And then you have what's called Pioneer Peak. And Pioneer Peak is about 7,500 feet. And it's just rugged and jagged and magnificent, beautiful. And then to its right, we have what's called the Twins, which is another mountain about 7,000 feet. And it rises up and there's two peaks on top of it. And so here we're driving along and we're seeing this, you know, it's, it's kind of a dark blue sky because the sun has gone down already. And so it's a dark blue sky and this huge orange moon is sitting up over the top of Pioneer. And, oh, I mean, it was just, it was just magnificent, just beautiful. It gets too crazy over here. We're coming to your house, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you, we talked about, you know, now that you say that, we talked about that a little bit last night, actually, if you want to know the truth of it. And uh, because at our fellowship, you know, we were talking about what's going on because right now we're kind of isolated, right? Canada has shut the doors and says nobody can drive through, you know, one way or the other. And, and even the airlines are kind of restricted. And of course, once we get into winter, the ferry traffic, the Alaskan ferry traffic uh, does not cross the Gulf. It doesn't cross the Gulf of Alaska. And uh, so, you, you know, you can get up into Southeastern, you can get up to Juneau, you can get up to Haines, you can get up to Skagway but you can't get to South Central Alaska. So it's kind of isolated and as isolated as it may be, we love it because, hey, that's the way it is here. And so Yah is really protecting this place. And even though it's a very difficult environment, you know, full of earthquakes, ongoing volcanoes, and, you know, we have, we have very dramatic weather here, uh, but nonetheless, it's being protected and so, that's something for you guys to think about. If Yao ever opens the door for you to come up here, then uh, recognize that that's the kind of place it is, right? Okay. I'm there. All right. Okay. So let's let's open up with prayer. We've got, I think we have most of us here this morning. So uh, yeah. Hey, thank you, Daniel. I, I can tell you that, yeah, YouTube took it down. Just a quick preliminary notice before we pray. I don't know if they were mad at me or if they were mad at Jessica because she kept using the V word. I mean, uh, she said the V word twice, and it's like, we hate you. You can't say that. I, th I really think they're in a contract with Pfizer, and Pfizer won't allow them to, you know, they're, they're under a contract deal with Pfizer that they have to police it and not let, you know, not let anybody use that word. Because after all, you know, we're, we're trying to do our thing here. And it's very funny because, you know, I think Pfizer, uh, you know, the most fined organization in the world, they've been fined more than any other company on earth and for larger amounts than any other company on earth. Even so, uh, I think they're in it for the profit. I mean, they just think they're ruthless profiteers. I don't think that's the case with Bill Gates. He's not in it for the profit. He's in it to do real harm. But, uh, but nonetheless, when, um, uh, when you see, even, even with that being the case, uh, the whatever they're doing they're they're just going down the path and we're going to talk a little bit about that this morning because i'm going to go over one of the prophecies we talked about on thursday 
we're going to spend a little more time with that. And then we can see kind of where we are. But let's open in prayer first. Now, I got a prayer request this morning for a young woman whose name is Brianna. Hi, Shoshi. Good morning, Shoshi. Good morning, Dr. B. And Brianna is her name. And this young woman is uh, was very pregnant when she came down with. Now, what they're calling COVID now may not be COVID. Uh, there's reports out there that what's hit the United States now is what's called SARS-4. SARS-4, not SARS-2. This is a more advanced bioweapon, and it is being launched against the United States as a bioweapon. And so I think this is what Jessica got hit with. I think she got hit with this SARS-4. Uh, and she told me when she was really in the depth of her sickness that it was a bioweapon. She said, there's nothing. This is not like any flu or anything else. It's, it, her perception of it while she was sick from it was that it was a bioweapon. And there have been people, intelligence reports out there that are saying that they're taking this particular virus and they're just blowing it through supermarkets and they're blowing it through air conditioning systems and buildings and stuff like this because it is an advanced bioweapon. Now, with that being said, you know, we still have our call in, on our lives to be a light, to be a menorah that is put in the window for others to see, you know, even though we may be hiding ourselves away that the indignation might pass over us, we still nonetheless need to be a light. And equally important, we cannot operate our lives in fear at all. There can be no fear. And in fact, the greatest testimony you will give is that you are completely unafraid. And when people come to you and say, hey, aren't you afraid? You just tell them, no, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid because I'm not afraid. And, uh, and no matter what they may say to you, we, we are not afraid. You know, I, was, I watched this absolutely horrific video of an execution that took place in Afghanistan. And they, they had all these guys on their knees and then they shot them all, you know. It was like a Nazi execution, you know. And I can tell you, what would they have done if you'd have been one of the guys on your knees down there in that group and they shot the two guys to the left of you and you looked at the camera and went, you know, hey, mom, it's me. <laughs> you know, it would kind of would have kind of blown their moment, though, wouldn't it? It would have blown their moment. And, uh, you know, this is the thing that we, can, we, you know, we cannot be afraid because they can take our life in the flesh. They can never take our life in the soul. Fear not him who can take your life in the flesh, but fear him who can take your flesh and your soul. Right. We should never forget that. And so. We have a little bit of an issue with Brianna. So Brianna got sick and she may be sick with this SARS-4. And because she's been admitted to a hospital in West Virginia and they're trying everything to try to save her. I mean, they've, been, they've gone through this and they've gone through that and they've gone through the other thing. And now she's on uh, this miracle machine that there was only one in the whole state and they've already taken the, the, the child by C-section. So she is kind of, you know, she's really hanging there. But we know that we can lift the power of our prayer. We can lift the power of our prayer and we can lift her up and Yah will hear. Because, you know, we ask ourselves the question, you know, ask yourself the question, well, does Yah really speak? You know, I mean, does he hear, does he speak or is he just a God that's completely unconscious, you know, created the, created the universe and then doesn't know that we actually talk in a language down here. Well, how did he create the universe? He spoke it into existence. And so we speak back to him. 
And that's what we're going to do. And so let's let's join in prayer here. And so we'll lift our prayers this morning saying, Borukata, Al Melek Melekim Adon Adonim, the King of Kings, the host of hosts. You are most high, Uyawa, El Shaddai, El Elyon. We look to you in all things. We look to you for our blessing. We look to you for our direction. We look to you for uh, the way and the truth and the life. And you have given all of these things to us freely because you are who you say you are, the great I am, you who preceded existence, you who are the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the Aleph and the Tav, you who knew us before the foundations of the earth, you who knit us together in our mother's womb, you who know every minute of and every second of our lives as we live them, and you know the number of our days. Exactly. So, Father, we lift to you now this young woman, Brianna, uh, Brianna, who sits in, an, in a, an ICU in West Virginia with the doctors thinking, we want to save this girl, we want to save this child, we want to do what is right in our hearts as as the profession that we undertook was to save lives, not to take them, but to save lives. And they want to save this mother and they want to save this child. And Father, I pray that you would now work with miraculous motion in this young girl's wife in life to restore her lungs, restore her lungs entirely, Father, and give the doctors particular wisdom and acute uh, insight that when they look at her, they're going to see immediately what they're doing wrong and what they need to do right. And that you would direct and guide their hands with your divine counsel, Father, that you would be upon it, that your Ruach HaKodesh would visit her room and visit her and indwell her and indwell her with healing. And that you would restore her 100% to where she needs to be, Father. We pray this. Now, Father, I also want to lift up the prayers of those who are in the path of this category four hurricane that is coming into Louisiana, including Shelly, who is who is uh, in the midst of that and uh, who has been abandoned. And uh, those who thought she was going to uh, be left to die in a trailer, uh, she has managed to find a secure room. Father, would you bless her and protect her and cover her and keep her? And may the winds go to the left of her and the winds go to the right of her and damage to the left and damage to the right but that she would walk through this storm completely untouched and be able to give us a testimony later to that, Father. We pray for that blessing. Father, we pray for this group today, that those who have suffering going on in their life, those who have a trials and tribulations and those things that are before them, whether it be a health issue or a financial issue or a legal issue, that you would also work a miraculous cure, Father. For those, uh, those people who are going through the severing of their marital relationship, Father, or other family relationships between mother and child or father and child, that you would heal those relationships, that you would put a salve over those relationships of your word, your kindness, and your loving mercy, and that you would give us hearts of flesh in our understanding to know that what happens to us is what you intend for us. And that you, what you intend for us is for our good, that we might rise up as warriors in your kingdom to do the battle that lies before us in these end times. Father. And so we pray that you would be with us now, be with us with your might, with your power, with your strength, with your beauty, with your mercy, with your ability to endure. 
that we too might be children of the Most High, for we call you our Elohim, for we are your children. Bless us now by covering us with your name, in the name of Yahweh, in the name of Yahusha, and in the sanctity of his blood, in the cleanness of his linen, Father, that we would be presented before you white as snow, your children forever, in the name of Yahusha. Amen. Uh, brothers and sisters, so good to see all of you this morning. It just, it blesses my Shabbat. I can't tell you how much it blesses my Shabbat. It is really quite wonderful for us to be together. And we know that Yahweh is with us. Now, I have to tell you, yeah, we got, we got blasted out, blasted off YouTube. <laughs> I have to tell you, I suppose somebody's supposed to be upset about that, but I'm not. But, uh, those people at YouTube are pretty funny, really, when you think about it. Oh, we can't, we can't put up with that. Uh, you know, they said something that we can't deal with. <laughs> you know, uh, you know uh, what a bunch of snowflakes. You know, when I was a kid, we used to have a saying, you know, that we always used to say at elementary school, you know, sticks and stones might break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know, and then we'd get up, this, but then when somebody calls a name, we'd pick up a stick or a stone and let them, let them have it. <laughs> uh, Oh, yeah, we went to a pretty rough elementary school, you know. Yeah. Hey, Dr. P, how about some music today? <laughs> oh, some music. Hey, you know what? Can you, think... can, you, can you do something for us today? Well, I, I could. Use it. You know, I think, uh, you know, I don't know, but I think Marcus might be with us. And if Marcus is with us, he had something I think he was going to play. I don't know. Marcus, are you with us? Well, maybe he isn't. If he isn't, then I will play something. Yeah, we'd love to hear you when you play, Dr. P. On your 12-string guitar, Dr. P. Yeah, I've got my 12-string right back here. Hold on just one second. Okay, we're waiting for you. I'm here. Oh, are you here, Marcus? I sure am. Marcus is on. Have you got your keyboard there with you? I do. Well, we're you want to lead, lead us in something, brother? Sure. Got right, then I'm going to play something on the 12-string. Let me play something on the 12-string first, and then you can do something that we can all join in on, okay? Sure. Yay! Okay, hallelujah. Thank you, Marcus. You're a beloved brother. Thank you. All right, not that I remember how to play this thing. Sour. You know, I'll tell you what, let's let Marcus lead on worship while I tune up. Okay, okay, go ahead, Marcus. You go ahead. I'm gonna mute while you go ahead and play something for us, okay? Can you hear me okay, Stephen? Yeah. You ask what's in a name, I know what's a difference in so long ago. The power of the universe is in Blessed be the name of your one. 
because we know his name. And if you look in, in the songbook that we have, this is the Sefer, right? If you look in Psalm 103, he says, Bless Olive Toph, strength, covenant, Yahuwah, O my soul and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless Olive Toph, strength, covenant, Yahuwah, O my soul. Forget none of his benefits, who forgives all of our iniquities, and he heals all of our diseases. All of these diseases are healable. And so ivermectin and the word of Elohim together or hydroxychloroquine or chlorine dioxide. I know all these naturopathic things that work. And I want you to know he healed me of terminal cancer. 
He can heal that lady. He can heal every single one of us. And the power is in the word. The power is in the word. The word will heal. What's in the name? It's Yahuwah. It's Yahushua. He's fantastic. And I have a vision of all of you brothers and sisters singing one day, all of us together in huge worship that we can all hear together. And we leave our problems and all the problems of the world that the Hasatan or Belial or Mastema would throw our way. We destroy them because we have the name. Amen. 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 Well, you know, uh, Marcus, I'll tell you, if I hadn't had a request, I wouldn't be following you at all here. <laughs> but I have a request and... Oh, Dr. P. I'm trying to see if this guitar is in tune. I'm not quite sure it is. Sounds pretty good, Dr. P. So we used to sing this song in um, in uh, yeah. This was the song that we used to sing at our Shabbat services all the time when we'd open up. Dr. P, we couldn't hear you. The volume was really low. We couldn't, none of us could hear you. Can't hear you right now. No, but there was something wrong with the volume. We could very, we couldn't even hear you like talking either. Is that right? Like right now, you're very low. Okay, all right, hang on. Let me see. Okay. okay. You never can tell, you know, you, you know, anymore they, they mess with everything we do, right? Yeah. Oh, let me see. If it I was extremely that. low. Just yes. All right, hold on. I got to get into settings. So I got to find. Now we can hear. Now we can hear you. 
Now you can hear me. Yeah, but before we couldn't even hear the song. It kept getting lower and lower. And then I couldn't, we really couldn't hear you talking afterwards. Let's try it now. We can hear you now. Oh, yeah. Good. Okay, good. repeat after me. Yes. Yahoo. 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 Baruch atah Adonai Elohenu Malek HaOlam Asher natinanu Ederek HaYahusha Bamashiach Yahusha Alef Tav Alef Tav Alef Tav Alef Tav Alef Tav Yahusha <laughs> Now come on, sing it. Yahoo! Do you want us to mute ourselves? Yahoo! Katosha Shem. Yahoo! Katosha Shem. Thanks, Dr. P. I was thinking earlier, but I got blotted out by YouTube. What can I tell you? Yeah. Thanks, Dr. P. Thank you. You know, we are talking about, you know, of course, we're so busy trying to put together Sephir Academy and Sephir Radio and all this other stuff. It's hard to get any recording done, right? And plus the work we do on YouTube, which is now going to be suspended for at least a Dr. Week. P, can't hear you again? You're low again, Dr. P. Yeah. Low, yeah. Well, <laughs> They're messing with your volume. Right. <laughs> I don't know what's going on here. I'm getting all kinds of grief from this. Let's see here if I can find out. My microphone should be. Now working. it's okay. Right now, now it's, it's okay. okay. It's crazy. Yeah, it goes in and it got really bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. Um, okay. Well, we'll see what's going to happen. I'm, uh, you know, I'm. And normally I can okay okay you're good me, right now let me look I at think it. everybody's got to make sure that they mute and that'll that'll help Doc's mic yeah yeah there we go there we Let go thanks mute. John John you're not you're not off the hook yet you still got a little guitar yeah Jacqueline you need to mute I'm always loaded all right brother it's always good to hear you sing you know that 
All right, so we'll, we'll go a few minutes and we're gonna we'll do a little song before we get into the uh, before we get into question and answer. So I wanted to share with you guys today because we were talking about in deliverance. We talked about it last night, and I'll tell you, I didn't know how important this prophecy was when I was preparing for crossing over. We thought that we were just going to be doing, you know, if you want to know the truth of it, I was going to do something on the wrath of Yah, and Yah just looked took it away. He said, "No, no, that's not what you're doing. You're going to do it on deliverance," because it was something that Jessica needed to hear. And I think it's something that everybody else needs to hear too. You know, we're, we're in a time that's very, very rough. People may may not want to tell you this, but we're at war. There is a nation that's at war with us, at least one, and um, and we've and they're using all kinds of uh, mechanisms. You know, Sun Tzu's art of war, if you will, which includes utilizing uh, traitors from within and also using bioweapons on us and doing all kinds of things that. We can't tell our warfare, but we're losing anyway. I mean, when you think about the war that came on this country in 2020, it was huge. It was a massive war. It was a, a, an attack that did more than launching, say, 25 nuclear weapons. If they had put 25 nuclear weapons into the country and taken out 25 cities, there would be less damage than what happened by shutting down the economy in a medical lockdown, you know, that said oh, non-essential businesses have to close for you know, a two-week flatten the curve. Well, what curve? There wasn't any curve. There was never any curve. And now we have a situation going where there is so much taking place in terms of uh, what's happening in the community. For instance, there's been reports that those who have the snake bite uh, have 251 times heavier virus loads than people who have not taken the, the snake bite. 80% of the people that are hospitalized in Israel right now are 80% uh, of those people are people who have been double vaxxed. And, and in Israel, they're saying, in fact, a report was published two days ago that shows that natural immunity from, the, um, from whatever it is that we're experiencing is 13 times more effective than any jab protocol you can receive. Natural immunity, 13 times more effective at preventing whatever is coming. But now there's new stuff on there. There's new strains on that have been released in, in, the, uh, in the world. News in particular in the United States, new kinds of stuff. They can call it the Delta variant or the Lamb variant, or whatever they want to call it. But it's really a bioweapon and it's biowarfare that we're going through. So because we, because we as believers are not afraid of the truth, we're not afraid of the truth. I mean, we're truth seekers, right? I mean, that's who we are. People that seek the truth. And because of that, because we're not afraid of the truth, then we have to look and see what's here. And we have to recognize, okay, well, if we're at war, we're not the first generation in this country that's been at war. My mother and my father were both in World War II, you know, and uh, all my father and all of my uncles fought in World War II. And, you know, we were in World War I, and before that it was the Civil War. But, I mean, you know, this country has been at war almost nonstop since its creation. And so it's something that we should not look at with fear and say, okay, we're at war. I mean, that's what happens. Rumors of war, now we're at war. And the war is going to intensify. And as we get farther and farther into this war, we're seeing things that are happening because we as a nation are completely mismanaged. We have people in this nation, like the leadership of Carthage, uh, who believe that when the Romans attacked Carthage, that the best way to approach that attack was to sacrifice 500 children over the wall. Right. That's what they believe. Well, we'll just sacrifice 500 children over the wall. And then uh, then that way, boom, we're going to be, 
you know, we'll be safe. Why? Because they were Lucifer. They were they were worshiping Lucifer, or they were worshiping Satan, not Lucifer. They were worshiping Satan, and they were worshiping dark forces. They were worshiping Molech. They were worshiping a god of human sacrifice, a god of child sacrifice. Yahweh is not a Yah of human sacrifice. In fact, he didn't even call us to animal sacrifice. Jeremiah seven twenty one. He didn't even call us to animal sacrifice. Moshe gave us animal sacrifice because of the hardness of our hearts, because Yasharel was stiff-necked and would not leave Egypt. Remember, when he came down the mountain with the Ten Commandments, he found them worshiping an animal. He found them worshiping a golden animal. And so, you know, this is the thing that when we see this, you have to recognize that the one that we serve is the one who created existence. And when you, you know, when you go out into the into the kingdom, into the wild kingdom, the animal kingdom, and you see some of these animals, you know that those were hand painted by Yah Himself. You know, they were hand painted. Some of those animals, I mean, like you know, when you see a peacock you know, with all the eyes in his feathers, the peacock can't see those eyes in his feathers. You think he developed those through an evolutionary process? You know, they were hand painted or or how about the beauty of the Siberian tiger, right? What a magnificently beautiful animal they are. I mean, they're just incredible. Or, or you know, when I, I saw a, a gibbon for the first time when I was in Georgia. And it was amazing because here is this, I, I come up to this cage and here's this gibbon. And, and the gibbon is, uh, you know, hold on a second. Let me get this. The, uh, the gibbon is kind of incredible because... Gibbon was, um, you know, his hands were wrapped around the bars. And I looked at his hands and it was human hands. They were human hands. I mean, you look at them, but clearly human hands. And then you look at the face and you look at the face of, you know, like maybe a chimpanzee or something in the chimpanzee family. And the ape looks, you know, it looks like an ape, right? Except that there's two blue streaks that go right here. And then they go like this across the face, right? And there's two creases. There's one here and there's one underneath it. And they go across the face like this. And then they're painted a baby blue. Not, not some kind of weird kind of a, a discoloration of the skin. It is a shocking, bright baby blue that comes across the face. And I looked at that and I went, that's incredible. There's no possible way that that evolved. It didn't happen. Yah painted that baby blue on there with his own paintbrush. And then, of course, the gibbon smiled. And out came these fangs that were about this long. You know, you know, I'm like, okay, welcome to the animal world, right? Welcome to the animal kingdom, you know? So anyway, so what we see is that we see, you know, when you have somebody of this loving creator who created uh, an exquisite beauty on the earth, exquisite beauty on the earth, why would we think that he is desiring human sacrifice uh, particularly when men go to war with one another. It's just pathetic. It's a pathetic concept. And yet we have people who, uh, who are following this protocol. Now, we know that our leadership in the United States has really fallen from grace, right? I mean, they are just not righteous people, nor do they seek righteousness, nor, does even, nor do they even give lip service to the idea of seeking righteousness. In fact, they give lip service to just the opposite, you know, uh, you know, God was booed at the Democratic Convention in 2020. Uh, people are celebrating their abortions, you know, in public. Uh, there's open and notorious festivals with witches like Maria Abramovich. 
and uh, you know what do they call it spirit cooking uh which you know i think it's against the law but i don't know it should be uh and you know you so you have a whole bunch of things that are going on that are really like well, who are you people again and how did you get into office and we now know that most of the people that are in office and for instance the people in australia that are making all the decisions that are killing that country none of them have been elected they're all medical dictators that were appointed and then they they're just following in lockstep with the demands of the who which is falling in lockstep with the demands that comes from GlaxoSmithKline and bill gates and bill gates has an agenda to terminate most of the human life on the earth and he stated it publicly over and over and over and over again and <clears throat> so that's his desires. I don't know why he has such incredibly uh, bad desires. I mean, I really don't know. I don't know what happened to him that um, he would have these kinds of desires, but they're really inordinate to Yah's plan. Yah's plan is for us to have life and life more abundantly. And Yah's people are going to be protected. I mean, he is calling out his remnant. You know, what we just discussed last night was very, very important because we're now seeing the time, you know, when when the, when the parable of the of the of the planting of the sowing of the seed right well the seed of wheat was sown but then somebody came in and sowed a bunch of tares and then the angels say to yeah should we go in there and rip those tares up nope don't do that because you're going to harm the other wheat that's there wait for them to ripen wait for them to bloom and we know that the difference between the tear and the wheat is that the tear stands straight up, but the wheat bows its head in submission to Yahweh. And so now we're at this point now where we're seeing a full ripening of the wheat and the tares. And the tares are, are being ripened for a harvest that is going to be a gathering of them into sheaves that will then be placed in the fire. And, you know, I mean, I don't, you know, I can't say that I have the heart of Yahusha who wishes that none would perish. There's some people that really make me mad. I'm like, you know, get on their team, get on the dare team. I don't want to talk to you, you know, but I'm not Yah and, and he, Yah is merciful and, and long enduring, long suffering and hallelujah. He was long suffering with me. Thank you. And, and his endurance was, was, he waited for me to show up, you know, and hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for forgiving my egregious actions, you know, and uh, so, uh, so, so here we have it. So now we see that that with with Yah's patience, with Yah's endurance, we can look at mankind and say, okay, we're going to endure with him. But he has called us to a thing, and he's called us to something now that's going to be quite difficult because, you know, in the next few months, this upcoming winter is going to be the winter of our discontent. For those of you who like Shakespeare, this will be the winter of our discontent. This is going to be a very, very difficult winter. And we're going to experience a lot of losses this year. We know that, you know, with the jab, there's been a lot of talk about the autoimmune deficiency expectation or ADE. And, you know, Anthony Fauci admitted that every virus creates it and that every, or that every vax creates it, ADE, and that everybody who has had the jab has ADE. And if you've had a double jab, it's twice as bad. And if you had a triple jab, I mean, it's like, you know, you, you cut your life expectancy dramatically with the first jab, then you cut it by 80% with the second jab, and then you cut it by another 90% with the third jab. And here, the, the people in Israel are just, 
you know, I mean, it just, it breaks my heart, you know, that all of these people, all of these Jewish people in Israel and, and all of these people in New York who are being subjected to this mandatory jab, I mean, they're going to perish. It's going to be a greater loss than was experienced in World War II. It's going to be, you know, 90% of the Jewish people on earth or more. We have the same problem up here. The native corporations, you know, Alaska is broken up into a large group of native corporations. I think there's 16 of them. And there was what's called the uh, Alaska Native Claims Settlement Act in 1992 that turned over 340 million acres to uh, the native tribes and made them the largest landowners in the United States. And these tribes now, because of the ancient history, I don't know if you guys remember the story about, you know, the dog sled rushing the serum to Nome. If you remember that story, I don't know if you remember that. But that was during the smallpox uh, that was during the smallpox uh, breakout. And so during the smallpox breakout, they had to get, they had to get the vaccine. Uh, they had to get the vaccine up to Nome. And so they rushed it up. And there was a famous dog named Balto that rushed the vaccine up what's called the Iditarod Trail uh, to do this, right? But what you see is, is that uh, is, um, let's see, where was I headed with this? Hold on just a minute. Nobody's trying to get in. <laughs> that is. Anyway, but you know what you see with with um, with with what's happening was, and even that was even that was smallpox, which they believed, by the way, was caused by guess what, vaccines. They believe it was caused by vaccines. Um, but um, I'm not quite sure where I was going with this actually. So I'm, I guess I'll just have to get back on point, unless somebody would like to remind me where I was. Marcus, where was I? You're talking about the indigenous uh, tribes. Well, the indigenous tribes, yeah, the native tribes, yeah. And the native tribes have come in and said, mandatory vax for everybody working for the tribes, mandatory. And and here you have, you know, it's such a shame because they have, you know, they have their own medical system here. They, they own a lot of property, they own a lot of businesses. And now we're going to see you know, we're going to see a wholesale slaughter in that community. And, um, you know, for me, it's, I mean, it's just radically tragic to see that community uh, terminate itself like this. It's just going to be, and there have been, you know, in, inside that community, you know, that culture is very, uh, it's an indigenous culture. And it's also very uh, homogeneous, you know, they live as one group of people. So, Whereas we have a widely diverse culture, we have everybody has different pursuits, does different things, has a different subculture. Their culture and their subculture are one and the same. It comes out of the tribe. And so when a tribal leader comes in and says, mandatory jab, once they do that, then there you are. And so you have 90% or more of members of the tribes who have taken, who have taken the jab, right? And so anyway, so we're, we're expecting this coming winter to see a lot of losses. There's going to be a lot of burial going on this year. And so when that happens, there's a whole bunch of things that we have to look to. Number one, we have to stay uh, in a nutritious environment as people. We need to maintain our own personal nutrition and our own personal health, which means, guess what? Get up and exercise a little bit, Right. You know that you got to get up, you got to walk, you got to, you've got to, you got to do some things. You've got to get, you know, go around the block. You know, you you have to maintain some 
uh, blood flow going through your body to, to keep the nutrition going to the to the end of the capillaries, right? And then you have to be, you know, you got to be on top of your natural supplements and so forth, uh, because otherwise, and and then be careful about what you do. Now, I'm not saying. Go ahead, Marcus. You were going to say something on this. Yes, I just want everybody to know that there are products that will reverse the heavy metals, these things in these jabs. And I have access to some of these things. And Dr. P, you and I can talk to anybody about these. This isn't that our people have to suffer the same fate as everyone else. Those who know his name and trust in his name have ways about defeating the enemy. Please don't fall prey to the fear. Don't listen to those stations, the corporate media. But do understand there are products that will help reverse the heavy metals and all of these things that are in so many uh, of the uh, vaccines. This isn't a vaccine, brothers and sisters. This is not a vaccine. So no, it's, it's an injection, a chimeric protein that was man-made. And Tony Fauci is at the bottom of all of this. He's a very wicked man with many murders on his hands. But let's yeah. just do this. Uh, Dr. P, you and I have access to one that we are very uh, familiar with together, and that's that glutathione. We yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, and so if people want to contact us, they can on that, Marcus. But I'll, but I got to tell you, when it comes to this kind of thing, and and thank you for bringing this up. But I mean, the toxicity and so on, and and of course, it's we also have loved ones, many loved ones who have taken the jab, and for some of them that are having back scrat, you know, backs regret. Uh, and they contact you, talk to them about these things. There are ways to reverse some of the some of the effects we think, we think. Well, you, know, and- yeah. you understand too, Dr. P, that I went through terminal cancer with all the horrors that they gave me of chemo. And so I've walked all this back. So I'm much more, you know, personally involved with all this stuff. So I'd be glad to walk people through one at a time, whoever, if they want to talk with us, that'll be great. Yeah. Now, Gerard has said something here, the digital ID turning us into trackable animals. Yeah. I mean, the insidiousness and evilness and wickedness of this protocol that we're under right now is really beyond human conception. It's satanic conception. They've opened the portal to satanic leadership and Satan is leading it. I mean, I believe Satan is on earth now and he is giving his power, seat and authority over to the beast system, which is this AI and this AI has its representatives. And, you know, we're going to see this, you know, something I mentioned Thursday night, and I didn't get a chance to expand much on it. But Donald Trump lost the presidency because he advocated the snake bite. Okay. In Yah's world, that is like, you're not doing that. He did it and it cost him the presidency. Joe Biden has been adv- advocating the snake bite, and he too is going to lose the presidency. I have one friend that has, uh, uh, that has a method of prophecy. He believes not only is Joe Biden going to go, but the entire cabinet, the whole executive branch will resign before Yom Teruah. They will resign before Yom Teruah. And I can tell you that this is going to create an unprecedented crisis in the United States, because what we have is we have a complete failure of government. We're having a complete failure of our economy. People aren't going to tell you this, but the economy is on the verge of absolutely pancaking. Jessica had an in- interesting testimony when on Thursday night when she was talking about going into all the stores in L.A. and finding empty shelves everywhere. There will come a point, you know, the people who work at the supermarkets aren't going to tell you, but what we have on the shelves is what we have on the shelf, and there ain't going to be no more after that. And this, too, is by design. I mean, our own government 
is has designed this to be the case. And so we have a very interesting situation going on. So for all of those of you in your community, you know, check around with people around you, you know, people where you can get, where you can trade for food, where you can be involved in a, in a, in a quiet network. And remember that we, we have, we're called to endure, right? What does it say in Revelation? Those who endure shall be saved. It's not those who fight back shall be saved. It's not those who run away shall be saved. It's those who endure shall be saved. And so we're called to this, you know, in the Hebrew, netzach, netzach. We're called to this endurance unto victory. Endurance unto victory. This is what netzach means, endurance unto victory. So we're called to endure. And, and I'm going to encourage all of you to pray for this endurance. This endurance needs to be something in your life to pray for endurance. Now, I can tell you, you know, I listen to these people and they're like, you need to do this to survive. You know, we, we've got to do this. Well, I mean, I understand that people have the survival instinct, right? But survival isn't the, isn't the end result of all of this. Being a witness is the end result of all of this. It's better to be a witness than to be a survivor. You know, my wife and I had the, the acute displeasure of watching the movie The Road. I don't know how many of you have ever seen this movie. But this movie is just, you know, it's post-apocalyptic, you know, horrific scenario in the United States of this guy and this boy. And they're, they're trying to find a way across the country to get to someplace where a peaceful community is. And they're trying to get to the beach in South Carolina, I think. And anyway, they're, they're going through cannibals and murderous tribes and on and on, you know, all the worst case scenarios you can possibly imagine. And it's like, okay, who wants to survive in that kind of environment? You know, I mean, if Yah called me to survive in that kind of environment and said, I'm going to keep you alive through that, okay, fine. But if he doesn't, I'm not going to be striving for that. You know, people who say, well, I'm going to prep, prep, prep. You know, in fact, there was a gal up here, you know, I was talking to her and, and her dad, a notorious prepper, right? And I mean, this guy had food stored up for years and ammo stored up and on. And I mean, I mean, he had, I think he had seven years uh, in preparation. He was ready to go for the end times. And then, you know, a month ago, he died. Right? So he's prepped, but, he, you know, but it's scripture says, you know, you, you, will, you will plant crops and not eat them. You will build houses and not live in them. You know, because we're not called to do that. What we're called to do is prepare the heart. We're called to prepare the heart. We're called to give a testimony. We're called to give a witness. We're called to do these things, you see, not the other. So, you know, one of the things I was talking about when, when I was doing on deliverance, you know, it's funny how it, how it worked out then. By the way, my wife says howdy to everybody. She says, she says hello. Uh, that's Stephanie. But um, the, um, when, we, when I was preparing for Thursday night, we come on this passage in Isaiah 47. And I want to take a look at that today, Isaiah 47. And we'll just start right there in verse 1, right? Isaiah 47, verse 1. And so here we go. And you guys, you know, we talk about, uh, this is going to be referring to uh, the virgin daughter of Babylon, right? The virgin daughter of Babel. And we talk about this virgin daughter of Babel. Why is the daughter described as a virgin daughter? Well, primarily, I think that one of the reasons this is a virgin daughter is because uh, the nation has not been invaded 
by a foreign army. That's why it's virgin. It's not been invaded by a foreigner, okay? And that would describe the United States, a virgin daughter of Babel, the virgin daughter of Babylon. Now, let's take a look at some of this imagery and see if this applies to our country. I think it does. Oh, come down and sit in the dust. O virgin daughter of Babylon, sit on the ground. There is no throne, O daughter of the Castine. Okay, so when we talk about this Castine, you know, the Chaldeans, right? The Chaldeans, as I've explained many times on Crossing Over, the Chaldeans were the sons of Nahor, the brother of Abraham. So his brother had 12 sons before Abraham had a single child. And those 12 sons became 12 tribes, and those 12 tribes became known as the Chaldeans or the Castim. These tribes are the ones that formed the Hittite Empire. Then they would later form the Assyrian Empire. Then they would later form the Babylonian Empire. And Babylon in scripture was called the excellence of the Castim or the excellence of the Chaldeans. These very same Chaldeans, you know, Babylon was not destroyed in scripture. It just kind of rotted, right? It was never destroyed. And there were people living there up until the 4th, 5th century AD, right in Babylon. But a vast group of these Babylonians, these Castine, these Chaldeans, they moved from there and they moved into Central Europe in about the 3rd century AD. Now, you can see evidence of this when you look at uh, the practice of Judaism among the Ashkenazi, because the Ashkenazim, they, they follow the Babylonian Talmud. They follow the Babylonian Talmud. Now, the Babylonian Talmud was assembled and put together in the fourth century AD. And that was common to the era that they took this Babylonian Talmud and they came into Central Europe, namely Hungary, Czechoslovakia, Germany, Austria, Poland, in Central Europe. Central Europe. Okay. And so they came into Central Europe as Chaldees, Chaldees, and they became known as Chaldees or Kelti or Celtic people, Celtic people. Now, the Celtic people are primarily Germanic, okay? They're primarily Germanic. These are the tribes that would form together the Holy Roman Empire, which was neither holy nor Roman, but was rather a Germanic empire under Charlemagne, the Second Reich that ruled and reigned for a thousand years. They were finally put down by Napoleon. This Reich would be recreated in the 20th century under Adolf Hitler, and it would be called the Third Reich, which was designed to rule for a thousand years. Well, this Third Reich, we thought we had defeated the Third Reich. Well, tell it to Europe, right? The EU right now, its government, is run completely by the heirs of the Third Reich, none of whom were elected. They were all appointed to the EU government. There's no elected person in the EU government. They're appointed. And almost without exception, they're all children of former officers in the Third Reich of Adolf Hitler. So Germany lost the physical battle and then managed to take all of the continent of Europe into the EU anyway. And when Nigel Farage in, in the UK recognized that these guys are forming an army, then he went back to Britain and said, hey, did we win the war or didn't we win the war? What's going on here? 
Well, you may have won the war, but you abandoned the post. And so the UK did the Brexit to exit out of really the Third Reich in Europe. Well, the Third Reich in Europe is now dominated and is the situs of the World Economic Forum. It's also the situs of the Bilderberger Group. It's also the situs of the Illuminati. It's also the situs of the international banking cabal that comes out of Basel, Switzerland. And they meet in, you know, the World Economic Forum meets in Davos, Switzerland, with the top 1,000 corporations in the world. And these people come together and have decided that there's going to be a great reset. And that great reset means bankrupting the United States and eliminating 250 million Americans that live here, replacing them with third world people who will have no objection to coming under international communism. They won't object to the fact that they won't have a car, they'll have to ride a bike or walk. They're gonna to have to be within 15 minutes of wherever they work uh, to eat and to buy and to go to gyms and all that. And so they're gonna to have to be within 15 minutes of that. This is what the design is. And our government in the United States has completely capitulated to this Third Reich. We even did so much as to import all of the Gestapo, the Gestapo, the Secret Service of the Nazi Third Reich. We imported them and created the CIA using them. And the CIA has always had an allegiance to Rome and the Third Reich, and never an allegiance to the United States, never. And so as a consequence, we see that the CIA is the one that's controlling the decisions being made in Afghanistan. And it's totally irrelevant what Joe Biden thinks or anybody else in, in any executive office in the United States, because the, the, the nation is controlled by the CIA, which is at all material times working on behalf of Rome and the Roman Empire, the Third Roman Empire, the Third Reich. So when we see here in this passage that says, oh, daughter of the Castim, you're talking about, yeah, we're daughters of Babylon, and we're also the daughter of the Reich. We're also the daughter of the empire created by the Chaldeans, the Roman Empire, in its third recreation. There is no throne, O daughter of the Castine, for you shall no more be called tender and delicate. Take the millstones and grind meal. Uncover your locks. Make bare the leg. Uncover the thigh. Pass over the rivers. Your nakedness shall be uncovered. Yea, your shame shall be seen. Now, our shame and our nakedness was just seen in Afghanistan. You know, you know, in the world, in the rest of the world, when you get out of the United States, the rest of the world looks at the U.S. and says, well, well, Joe Biden was handing over billions of, of dollars worth of arms to a known terror group, the Taliban. You know, the, the Taliban now has more Black Hawk helicopters than the nation of Australia. Right. And they're flying them, by the way. And we gave them 600 drones that were 1.5 million each. We gave up Bagram Air Base, which was the most sophisticated intelligence base in, in outside of the United States, Bagram. We gave it up to him, gave it to him. And we did this, we were humiliated. You know, Joe Biden said, oh, we're not, we're never going to have a, you know, helicopters escaping off the top of the embassy. We most assuredly had helicopters escaping off the top of the embassy. And in the meantime, what is being discussed at the 
with the top brass, with General Milley and the top brass at the Pentagon. Oh, drag shows at, at Fort Andrews, uh, whether or not lesbians are going to have equal right to high office in the military, whether or not there's intrinsic white racism in the military that has to be dealt with by using critical race theory, right? That's what was being discussed at the Pentagon while we were losing Afghanistan. Funding radical socialism at Congress was what was being discussed at Congress rather than Afghanistan. While we were abandoning 40,000 Americans in the field, 40,000, and we had the single largest loss of troop, troop life in 20 years in a single day, based upon the, the new TSA that we've created in Afghanistan, the Taliban, right? So guess what? Our shame was seen. Our nakedness was uncovered. What was our nakedness? Our nakedness is, is that our leaders are completely consumed with sexual orientation rather than righteousness. And guess what? That was seen. And our shame was then seen. What does Yah say? I will take vengeance. And I will not meet you as a man. This isn't going to be a man-to-man -man meeting. No, it's going to be something else. I'm not going to meet you as a man. I'm going to meet you as the diverse pervert you are. As for our Redeemer, Yahweh Tsevaot is his name, the Holy One of Yasharel, right? In the Hebrew, Goelnu, Yahweh Tsevaot, Shemo. Al-Kadoshakad Yasharel. Sit silent. Get you into the darkness, O daughter of the Castine, for you shall no more be called the Lady of Kingdoms. Okay? So here you have the prophecy saying that once the shame has been seen, the kingdom is ending. The kingdom is going to come to an end. Now, when, when Yah says this, does he say the kingdom is going to come to the end someday? Someday I'll get around to bringing your kingdom to an end. Nope. Your kingdom is going to come to an end. Boom. This has happened. Now your kingdom's coming to an end. It's over. I was wroth with my people. I have polluted my inheritance by giving them into your hand. And what? You showed them no mercy. We want to kill all of you. Well, wait a minute. I put my people here under your control. Yeah, well, now we want to kill all of them. You showed no mercy. You tell me what mercy is coming out of a government that says mandatory backs. Where's the mercy? You see, a, you see one iota of mercy in that anywhere? There's none. No mercy. You showed them no mercy, and upon the ancient, you have very heavily laid your yoke. Oh, yeah. This is what it's going to take to be in our society. You're going to lock down. You're going to wear a mask. You're going to, you're going to contact trace. You're going to download this app. You're going to take a chip in your skin. You're going, to do, you're going to do all these things that are absolutely anathema, totally unacceptable, and would be completely, you have to go back to December of 2019 and tell me that you thought this was going to happen. That we would lose America just like that, over in a second. Yeah, well, it happened, right? And it said, and I said, I shall be a lady forever so that you did not lay these things to your heart, neither did you remember the latter end of it. Therefore, hear now this, you that are given to pleasures, 
that dwell carelessly and that say in your heart, I am, and there's no one beside me. How many times have you heard since the collapse of the Soviet Union in 1992 that we're the sole superpower on earth? American supremacy and our foreign policy is to make sure that nobody rises up to challenge us as top dog. We are the top dog, right? I am, there is no one else beside me. We've said it for 30 years now. I shall not sit as a widow, neither shall I know the loss of children. But these two things shall come upon you in a moment, in one day, the loss of children and widowhood. They shall come upon you in their perfection for the multitude of your sorceries and for the great abundance of your enchantments. Oh, wait a minute. Are you telling me that we're being judged because of the multitude of our sorceries? There it is. You know, the same FDA that approved the jab, if they've approved it, which is really not true. I mean, it appears to be a bait and switch, right? This Comirnaty. Oh, we've approved Comirnaty. Well, what's that? Well, we don't know. But it's kind of like uh, the, the, the other jab, we think. Although it's not available in the U.S., but Maybe it will be. Uh, anyway, just think of it as, as an approved jab. Well, who knows, right? But I can tell you that the same people that approved that are the same people that approved oxycodone, right? They are the same people that have approved drug after drug after drug that's had to been recalled, recalled, recalled. But when you think about oxycodone and oxycontin, you think about it. They, they created an epidemic of death around the country, unprecedented epidemic of death that no one talked about. How many people were dying from overdoses on that stuff? It was not discussed by anybody, right? The same FDA, you know, so you got to ask yourself the question, so what if you approved it, right? It's like, you know, hey, we've got a convicted three-time murderer who just went ahead and said that the guy who got convicted of five rapes that that stuff was all consensual. Well, good for you. Thanks for your opinion. It's irrelevant. You're a criminal organization. Okay, but they sit at the helm of this daughter of Babylon, this creation of the Castine, and they control those people who put on a uniform and carry a firearm. Okay, for you have trusted in your wickedness. You have said, none sees me. Your wisdom and your knowledge, it has perverted you. Well, ain't that the truth? And you have said in your heart, I am, and there is no one beside me. I am the superpower. We are the top dogs. Therefore shall evil come upon you. You shall not know from whence it rises. Where'd the virus come from? Where'd SARS-4 come from? You shall not know from where it rises, and mischief shall fall upon you. You shall not be able to put it off. You're not going to be able to stop it. Well, we need to stop this. Uh, uh, well, you can't, because you don't even know where it came from. And desolation shall come upon you suddenly, which you shall not know. And so we here we, here we have the people in the United States who think, and there's many, many of them, well, things are going to be normal tomorrow. You know, the shelves might be empty today, but things are going to be normal tomorrow. Tomorrow, it's going to be just like it used to be. 
you know, all I want to do is go back to normal. So if I go take the jab, then I can go back to normal. What was normal? What was normal? You know, we talked about this last night. One of the guys said, yeah, normal was stuff in your face nonstop, 24-7, right? Stuff in your face with what? Your pleasures, right? You that are given to pleasures and that dwell carelessly. That's what was normal. We were stuffing our face with pleasures and dwelling carelessly. We could care less about the 7 million people we have in prison. We could care less about the millions of people that we have made refugees around the world. We could care less about the people that are dying from the heroin that we're marketing because we control the poppy fields in Afghanistan. We could care less. We could care less about those people who are dying from starvation in the third world because we need the extra chicken eggs. We need your extra coffee beans. We need all of this stuff. We need to have it because we need to stuff gorge ourselves on whatever it is that we're doing to your expense, right? We cared less. There wasn't anybody in America that ever shed a tear about a Syrian refugee. They could care less about Afghan refugees, care less about the millions that dropped dead in Iraq, civilians that dropped dead in Iraq. Or how about the people that we commissioned in uniform to go over there and shoot civilians? Did we care about them? Well, here, let me quote Kamala Harris. These veterans are all coddled. They're no better than the rest of us. They're all coddled people. We should eliminate the Veterans Administration. Oh, is that right? Well, how about you put on a uniform, Kamala, and get over there to Afghanistan for a little bit, and we'll talk about your coddling for a little while, right? Yeah. So here you see the desolation coming upon, coming upon us suddenly, where we don't know where it comes from. We cannot stop it. We cannot stop it. And we don't even know what it is. Well, look. You have a situation going on on the west coast of the United States where, guess what's drying up? Water. Water is drying up. Fresh water is going away. And in California, you're talking about all of it going away. Not some of it, all of it. And it's to the point that the Colorado River is drying up, which is going to affect Arizona. And it's already affecting Nevada. There have been towns in Oregon that have, guys have had their wills run dry. Run dry. The aquifers are drying up. The Klamath River is dried up. The Klamath Lake doesn't exist anymore. You know, uh, Lake Shasta is a river. Uh, Oroville Dam is a river. Lake Mead is a river. You can see the bottom of the dam at Lake Mead. You can see the bottom of the dam. In, in Lake Shasta, one of the roads that was flooded at the bottom of the canyon when they initially created Lake Shasta, they flooded it and there was an old bridge there. You can drive over that road now, over that old bridge right? That used to be at the very bottom of the lake. So here we are. And, you know, they're, they're on the verge of a huge exodus. And it, it, look, this is the rightful judgment of Yah. When you look at Joe Biden, here's Joe Biden. Oh, I'm, I'm president now. I, I hold all the power. You hold all the power that is capable of absolutely humiliating you and destroying you. And this is what he's done. I don't know if you saw his face at some of these press conferences, but he was so ashamed. He had to just turn around and walk out because he couldn't even deal with what he was seeing, with what he has done, right? He has been, he has been hung out to dry. And he's been hung out to dry, not by his advisors, not by the circumstances, but by Yah himself. Because Yah has shown him. He has shown the old man and 
Biden has no business being in that office. And because he has no business being there, but he went ahead and took it anyway, because for him, it's about the power. It's about the ego. It's about the glory. It's about the self-gratification. It never occurred to him to ask himself the question, am I competent enough to handle this job? No, I have a right to the job. My name needs to be exalted. Guess what? His name is now humiliated in history forever. Forever. Now, it's the same thing with the vice president. And this is why the vice president has to think about this. And this is why the cabinet's going to resign. You have two people behind him, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, who are massive power brokers. You know the, what they call the, the Clinton death count? You know how, how large that number is? You cross the Clintons and you don't testify anymore. You know, and so, and, and, and believe me, Obama didn't get the office by being shy about that. The Obama machine showed up and at the Democratic convention in 2008, they went to the Clintons and told the Clintons point blank, you try to maintain this election and your daughter will be dead tomorrow morning. And then they killed the two top heads of the Arkansas Democratic Party that night. And so the Clintons listened and Hillary Clinton gave Michigan to Barack Obama, who didn't, hadn't won it. She gave him Michigan and then he took the nomination. So here you have Barack Obama who says, I'm going to rise as Antichrist. Here you have Hillary Clinton saying, I'm going to finally take the prize as the presidency. And here comes Kamala Harris, who has what? What's her power base? A mayor, a, a mayor out of San Francisco. And so if, if she is dumb enough to take the office, her life expectancy is extremely short. So she isn't going to be that dumb and she isn't going to do that. So she is going to move out of that position. And I think her and the whole cabinet, they're all looking going, okay, Biden's going down. And as he's going down, if we try to retain our positions, we're going to be in the face of whoever it is that's going to come to power. So if we leave now in a resignation, then we don't get fired, summarily fired when the new person comes in. So at least I have on my resume, I resigned because I, I couldn't stand being with the shameful and shamed Joe Biden. So they leave. And so what you're going to see is you're going to see the largest political crisis in American history, which is going to be accompanied, by the way, with the largest financial crisis in American history, which is Wall Street doing a pancake as the dollar goes into hyperinflation. And we're not talking, it's currently running at 25%. Uh, the inflation rate is running at 25% per month. Per month. But it's just getting ready to take off because the only thing that sustains the power of the dollar is the petrodollar. How is the petrodollar sustained? Our military. You either use our dollar or we come over and bash your country. Oh, you mean like you guys did in Afghanistan? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. We really believe you're going to do that. Ha, ha, ha. So Iraq is telling the U.S., get out right now. Get out. You know, the, 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 of course, the media is reporting that, how many strikes there have been on American troops in Iraq. But they're being told, get out of Iraq. So here we are. We've been kicked out of Afghanistan. We're about to be kicked out of Iraq. So how are we enforcing the petrodollar? With the woke community at the Pentagon? No chance. No chance. What that means is what? China, Russia, who've already abandoned the dollar, are going to come out to the world and say, you people are idiots if you stay on the dollar any longer. The dollar is represented by, by uh, you know, Sleepy Joe, or as I call him, Sniff. 
And so, you know, you, <laughs> you got to sniff right into the presidency. What are they going to put them on the hundred now? I mean, they could. It's not going to make any difference because the currency, trillions and trillions of dollars of the currency that has been misspent is going to come rushing back into a country that has at least 200% in debt over its GDP. And we have a GDP that's crashing as we speak. We have no manufacturing going on in this country. Basically, we have a bunch of corporate offices who control a bunch of manufacturing in China. And that manufacturing in China is about to be terminated. We're just going to cut the strings to your corporate offices in America like this. And they'll all be just wholly Chinese companies like Nike. Nike was the first one to start this business of manufacturing offshore and then selling it at, at, at huge margins, you know, dumping in the United States. And Nike came out and told Congress point blank, we are a Chinese company for Chinese people. And you see, you know, Apple is 100% manufactured in China, 100%. And all of the microprocessors, about 80, 80% of them are, are made in Taiwan. And China is about to take Taiwan. And what are we going to do about it? Why don't you bring in your troops from Afghanistan? You can fly in those helicopters. If you guys are giving them away, you know, drop some here, right? So the long and the short of it is because we do not have any respect in the world. We no longer have any credibility in the world. We're not going to be able to support the petrodollar, which means the petrodollar, too, is going to pancake. And when it does, you're going to see a hyperinflation that is going to render the dollar bill essentially useless. So the dollar is going to inflate. Wall Street is not going to correct. It's going to pancake. It's going to go all the way to the floor to a zero. And then you're going to be looking around saying, what companies? What companies? Right? The infrastructure that was built by people who used to know how to build infrastructure, and those people are all dying, by the way. I double dog dare the next generation to put up an electric grid. That's going to be real interesting to see if they can do it. So when you see all this stuff, when you see this stuff happening now, you have to look at this and say, okay, well, what do we do as the remnant? Well, this is my whole point. And you see what, what you can see why this prophecy from Isaiah 47 is critically important. Now, look what he tells us. Look what he tells the virgin daughter of Babylon to do here in verse 12, 47, 12. Stand now with your enchantments and with the multitude of your sorceries. Wherein you have labored from your youth. If so be you be, shall be able to profit, if so be you may prevail. Why did we labor with sorceries and with enchantments? So we could profit. So we could profit. It doesn't have anything to do with curing any disease. And it has everything to do with making money. So that you could do that. And so this is why you see the motivation behind Pfizer is we don't care how many people drop dead. Just sell a few more. Get a few more out there. Sell more, more, more. Force them to take it. Force the kids to take it. Force other countries to take it. Force this group to take it. And guess what? Now they need a third one. They don't need just a second one. They need a third one. And they're going to need probably three a year from here on out. You know, I mean, look at these profits. If we can get them into three a year, look at how much money we're going to make. Right? This is what they're thinking. It's all about profit, right? Okay. You are wearied in the multitude of your councils. Let now the astrologers, the stargazers, the monthly prognosticators stand up and save you from the things that shall come upon you. Get up there. Come on, you sorcerers. Give us a pill that will stop World War III. Come on, you sorcerers. What's the pill that's going to keep the dollar afloat? Why don't you prognosticators, all you stargazers, and you astrological sign seekers, get up here and say, oh, I'm going to cast the stars this direction. 
That'll give us a new sign. Try it. There's nothing that these sorcerers and that these wizards can do to stop what's coming. What did it say up here? You shall not be able to put it off. It's in motion. You Just like go out there in Louisiana and say, I'm going to stop that Cat 4 hurricane from coming in here. It's in motion. You're not going to be able to stop it, right? Behold, they shall be as stubble. The fire shall burn them. They shall not deliver themselves from the power of the flame. There shall not be a coal to warm at, nor a fire to sit before it. Thus shall they be unto you with whom you have labored, even your merchants from your youth. They shall wander everyone to his quarter, and none shall save you. There isn't going to be an ally that's going to come in and say, let's help the Americans, right? Well, the Britons, the British will come in and say, let's help the Americans. Oh, yeah? After we just abandoned their troops in Afghanistan without even a phone call? Biden didn't call Boris Johnson for 36 hours. He's like, hey, remember us? Hello, we have troops there with you? Oh, you guys. Oh, I never even thought about that. I'm trying to set up socialism in the United States. Shut up. Don't talk to us about that. Don't want to hear about it. I don't want to talk about it. Then he comes out and says, oh, we may have delivered, you know, a dozen or so names to the Taliban as to who we wanted in the airport. No, they gave them a comprehensive list of every American, every Afghan green card holder, and every ally we had in Afghanistan that had helped us with interpretation, had aided and abetted us in any way, we gave the Taliban that comprehensive list. And guess what? In three days from now, we're going to abandon Afghanistan entirely. And everybody who's left there, you're on your own. What did they tell them? Shelter in place. Shelter in place. So we see that Yah has said something to us. And he said something to us dramatically here. And what he has told to us is something that we should pay attention to. What about his people? What about his people who are in the midst of this, in the midst of this? I like to believe that's us. I do believe it is us because he disclosed his name to us. That's what he gave us. He disclosed his name to us. And he called us out of these horrible combinations of bad shepherds in assemblies that are being misled unto their death. He called us out of those. Why he did? Wasn't, it wasn't up to me. He did it. Not me. He did it. And so as a consequence, we give praise to Yahweh, Yada Yahweh. Thank you for doing what you have done. Thank you for calling us into your kingdom. Thank you for calling us your people. Thank you for calling us your people. And so as we see this now, we should take joy. And we should take joy in no matter what comes. Take joy in no matter what comes. I'm telling you, when they, you know, when they put everybody on their knees and they're about to shoot you in the back of the head, be that guy who looks up and goes, hey, mom, it's me. Be that, be that guy, right? Do not be afraid because I can tell you that they count, on, they count on your fear. And when there's even just one person who's not afraid, you know, I'll, let me tell you who was afraid in the shooting of those guys in that video, the guys doing the shooting. They were afraid because they know that once they pull that trigger, their life is to burn in hell. 
And so after they shot all those guys, then they emptied their magazines into them. Why? Why would you do that? I mean, if you killed a, if you killed a moose or you killed the deer, you wouldn't empty your magazine into the deer after you shot the deer. You wouldn't do it. But they're doing it to try to justify themselves to, in their own mind. Well, we're tough. We're tough guys. No, they aren't. Those are guys who go to bed every night thinking about the life they extinguished for the rest of their life, knowing that by the way that they extinguish it, that they are destined for the fires of hell and damnation, just the way it is. Okay. Okay. Bethany, let's do some questions. How are you, Bethany? Hi, Bethany. I think you, I think you're live now. I think you can talk. Have you got, do you have your microphone working? Yeah, I'm not able to hear you at all. There you are. Wait. No, nope, it's not working. Uh, well, Bethany, here you had a question. I was looking forward to hearing from you. Sorry. If you get it working, come back, okay? Okay, John, how are you, buddy? I am very well, and you? Good, good, good. You're up there in Alaska where it's nice and... Uh, wild, right? You didn't mention <laughs> wild animals when you talked about all the adverse stuff. See? Oh, I'm telling, I'm telling you, we talk about wild animals, John. I got to share with you a story that came down last night. Sue was telling us this. She said, so here she was, and her dogs are going nuts because there's moose in the front yard, right? And so she decides she's going to go out there and take a peek and see where the moose are. So she goes out there in her pajamas and she's wearing her flip-flops, right? There's snow on the ground. It's 20 degrees. And so she goes out there and she's looking around. And so she comes around the back of the Jeep and she sees there's two baby moose over here. She goes, okay, well, where's the mother? And so she comes around the front of the Jeep and she hears this snort. And there's the mom right there. <laughs> and she's like, uh-oh. And so the, the mother moose is between, she's between the moose and the calves and the mother moose is between her and the front door, right? So she, <laughs> the Jeep is locked. So she's standing out there in her flip-flops at 20 degrees. <laughs> in her pajamas, wondering, how am I going to get back in the house, right? And that moose had her cornered for 20 minutes out in the snow, right? <laughs> oh, so, yeah, yeah. So, you know, we came home last night looking for the wildlife. Where are you guys? Back out. Get away. Shoe, shoe, shoe moose, shoe. Yeah. yeah the, the worst that we have around here, usually these uh, little black-eyed bandits that my dog keeps treeing, so... Oh, the raccoons you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They can be nasty, those dogs. And, and and they can take on a dog and hurt oh. a dog, right? You know that. Oh, oh yeah. I got a, he's about an 80-pound outside dog, and he does a good job. He lets me know when I'm supposed to take the gun out. So he yeah. barks differently when he's just barking versus when he's got him treed, so. And that's why you ended up with that new hat you've got going on. <laughs> exactly. Well, let's see. The The one night there was four in the tree, the other night two and one night one. So in the last two weeks, I think there's seven that fell from lead poisoning. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mysterious lead poisoning. I know. Yeah. yeah serious lead poisoning. Yeah. Yeah. There, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, uh, but uh, I've been kind of working on this thing of, of coming out of her, my people, and uh, which is quite interesting. But uh uh, as I was going through this, I kind of discovered that uh, in the in the seven called out assemblies, he really gives us the outline of how to come out of her, my people. It's really quite amazing that 
you know, when you go through each of those, which I'm not going to, everyone can go, go do that on their own, but he, he lays this out and says, you know, I have this against you. You need to do this and do that in order to, to come out realistically, those, all of that. And to the victor, then each one of those is given a, a you know, a different thing. Now here, herein lies my question then. Um, I know in the, in the, um, uh, Sefer here, uh, it says in chapter one, verse 20, the mystery of the seven stars, which you hold in my right hand and the seven golden menorahs, the seven stars of the seven angels of the seven called out assemblies and the seven menorahs you saw are the seven called out assemblies. <clears throat> now it, it's plural there. And in other places, it seems to be singular. Um, can, uh, can this be is there seven menorahs or is it one menorah with the seven lights on it? And so we have one called out assembly with seven lights on that. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's a very good question, John, because when you look at Revelation, Revelation is best explained with the menorah, mm -hmm. right? If you're going to study Revelation, it's a good idea to put a menorah up there in front of you and use the menorah as a um, cognitive tool. Because it really is seven menorahs that are given to us. You know, we have seven angels. We have seven letters. We have seven mm -hmm. churches. We have seven seals. We have seven bowls, seven thunders, and, right? And, uh, uh, and seven trumpets. And so you have, and each one of them opens up into another, right? Mm -hmm. They open up into another. Now, when we look at this passage in, in the Greek, of course, you know, this is written in Greek, right? right. And when the translations we have in Hebrew are taken from the Greek. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you have the, you have the, uh, you know, you, you do have it in Hebrew, but it's taken from the Greek. It's not an Ur text. You know, I think Miles thinks you may have an Ur text of, uh, of Revelation that's found in the Vatican. Right. But nonetheless, so we, we looked at it and we said, look, we know that this formula that's given to us here in Revelation is based on the menorah. And it can really be understand the heptatic formula that goes into Revelation can best be understood by using the menorah to see it right but in this case it's possible that it's one menorah that signifies i mean i think there's certainly one menorah signifying the seven churches i mean that's you know one mm -hmm. candle stand and one menorah but i think there is a menorah given to each church where he says i will i will remove remove the menorah from you in other words the sevenfold doctrine of his blessing you know if you mm -hmm. go back to, to enoch ninety three twelve, there's a passage in enoch 90, 93 12 that says in this generation, I will reveal to them the sevenfold doctrine of my whole creation. The sevenfold doctrine of my whole creation. A very important thing because that sevenfold doctrine goes through everything. The seven days of creation, the seven words of Genesis 1, which reveal really the, the, the timing of the 7,000 years from Adam through the millennial reign is revealed in Genesis 1-1, including the two advents of Mashiach, right, with the two placements of the Aleph Tav. You have the seven, the seven rule code, which are identified in Isaiah 11 too. You know, I mean, there is the sevenfold doctrine. I have a, a video up on it that I did with Jessica. If you guys mm -hmm. want to catch right. it, that I go into it in more detail. Right. But, it, but in this case, does each, does each, um, does each church have a sevenfold menorah? I think they do. Now you have to remember too, sometimes when you conceptualize the menorah, you know, it, it's written that three times a year, all males are supposed to go up to Yerushalayim, mm -hmm. but there's seven feasts. So wh why is it three times a year? Why doesn't it say seven times a year to go up there? Because there are 
because there are seven feasts, but you have the spring feasts, then you have Shavuot, then you have the fall feasts. So the seven, the sevenfold menorah is broken into the latter rain, the former rain, and the shamash, the servant candle in the middle. Mm -hmm. See, and that's what's given to us. And so I think if you look close at these churches, you'll see that there is this threefold doctrine, right? You have a letter given to the church that says, I have this against you and you need to do this, right? That's the twofold. And in the middle is the shamash, which is the letter writer, right? Directing them. But it is possible that it's a symbol, that it could be a symbol light of menorah as well. I mean, you know, there's, there's bifidic aspects to all of the prophecies and very possible. So if, if, if it were a single candle, do you have something in there that you're thinking that uh, should be known? Well, I'm, I'm thinking there, uh, well, like, for example, you talked about, I'll take the, the, the menorah from you. If that's a, I, I will basically, I will distinguish that light from you. You will no longer be a light. And it says in uh, uh, Psalm 105, uh, whatever, or 95, 16, whatever, 119, 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and the light unto my path. Yeah, amen, so hallelujah. If we, if we reject that idea, then wouldn't that uh, snuff out that light? And so that I was thinking if, light, yeah. if, if, each, if there was one single called out assembly, Yasharel, and each one of those was a light of Yasharel is what I was thinking. And that in order to receive or to be the victor at the end, we need to be obedient to what he calls us. In yeah, amen. And if you look at those seven churches, all seven of those have been snuffed out. And in fact, the church of Philadelphia is the one that has the least ruin of all of them. I mean, I mm -hmm. think there's one portion of, a, of one pillar that remains from, from Philadelphia. If you go to Ephesus, I mean, they have practically the whole town there is, you know, is still in place. And Smyrna, the place of death, you know, I mean, it's been completely swallowed up and all of them have been swallowed up by Islam. But there is an authority in the menorah too. You know, I'm going to remove this menorah out of, out of your church and I'm going to move, put it in this assembly over here because this assembly is adhering to the word. This assembly is called into obedience. So this menorah is going to shine here, not here. It's not just putting out the candlelight and making, you know, and making that and snuffing that light. Although, right. but, but this is a metaphor that we see throughout uh, Revelation. You know, Revelation is full of metaphors mm -hmm. telling us what, you know, what's what. But I do think there is an authority in the menorah. There is an authority that the light of the lighting of the, the sevenfold doctrine of Yah. Mm -hmm. You know, there's another thing too. One last thing I'm going to say on this, John, then I got to go. Is, you know, you have this word Shabbat that appears in scripture. And it's when Yah says, and Yah swore an oath to Noah that he would never flood the earth again, right? And there's many places where you see this word Shabbat, but it's really, he swore seven oaths, you see? And this is why the rainbow has seven colors in it, because he swore seven oaths, this Shabbat, right? Yeah. And so in, in the Sefer Millennium, we have this set forth as seven oaths now. And so this is why the sevenfold doctrine, I think, is Im important there. And I'm not, mm -hmm. I'm not saying that your theory is wrong, but I think it might be a joint uh, idea here that one menorah has the seven churches, and then each of those churches has its own menorah, its own authority, the sevenfold doctrine. Right. And that will be removed and taken from them and placed elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. But yeah, I, I, I thought... Uh, uh, realistically going through those again um you know i came out of this lutheran church and then went into the christian church and i really came out of the dead church and went into the uh laodicean church 
<laughs> ain't it the truth, man? It is. I, ain't it the truth? And the Laodicean church, you know, we're rich. We've got everything. No, you're dead broke and you're starving and you're naked. And you don't even know you're naked and you don't know you're starving. I know. You think so, you're being so buy fed from by me the this big screen gold. TVs and the giant PA systems and the big worship team and the huge palatial building and the gymnasium on the back. Oh, I'm being fed by that. No, mm -hmm. you ain't. Mm -hmm. Amen. It, All right. They, Move on, it, brother. Okay. Thanks, John. Thank you. Okay. Let's, uh, Bethany, have you got, have you got, uh, have you got your mic working yet? Yeah. Say something. Okay, say something. What have you got? Nope. You don't have your mic working. Okay. All right. You got to you got to look into that and find out what's going on, Bethany. Hey, Dr. P, it's Amy. I think what she's done is when you come into the meeting at the beginning, it asks you to turn on the video or the volume, like, and if, it, she'll have to go out and come back in and make sure she puts the volume on and the, and she's obviously put the video. Well, there you go. Yeah, one, but she has to yeah that happened up. to me too, just, Dr. P. Just tell her to go back out, it, but sign it where it says that it's being recorded and just check that. That's what happened to me too. I had yeah, to go back and to, come back You got to join with computer audio. Okay. Yeah. Okay, Bethany, try it. We'll come, if we see you, come, we'll, we'll come back to you. Okay. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Victor. Dr. P, how's it going? Good. Oh, well, you got it. You got an interesting audio going on there. You kind of, you're kind of gargling over there. Victor, you there? There. Okay. Uh, I forgot what. Causing all this craziness. Yeah. Uh, sound right now. There, that's a little better. Go ahead and ask your question. Let's, we'll see if we, can, if we can get through it. Uh, and I have been doing a lot, a lot of research, like with the ingredients as far as the vaccines and all that. But we noticed how with, the, with Israel, like we know there's like a lot of Jewish communities how vaccine which we definitely know is not kosher and we're just trying to like how the israeli government has made a loop around that is it something that they lied to them about or yeah and the answer is so i'm going to leave it at that victor because you're breaking it pretty bad but yeah you know the the thing is is that you know i, I don't know exactly why the leadership made the decision they made it's a horrific decision it was made by netanyahu and the Knesset, and it's been followed up by uh, Benny Gantz, and it's a horrific decision. And they are standing by it, even though the rabbis, you know, Zev Zelenko told the rabbis what it was, and the rabbis were horrified and shamed, by the way. They were horrified and shamed. And, uh, and now they've got their own doctors tell them, 80% of the people in the hospital right now that are suffering from the virus have been double vaxxed. And they're coming ahead with the third backs anyway. And it's it, it really is a crippling decision. And you're right. The last thing it is is kosher, right? I mean, it's just not it's not kosher. Okay. Thanks, Victor. I, I wish we could talk more, but your your microphone's really like it's it's pretty bad, man. It's like you got a blown microphone there or something. I don't know, but but let's see if we can get that cured for next week, okay? All right, let's go to Chris. Chris, how are you? Hi, Doc. Yeah, good. South? Thanks, and shalom to everybody. Lovely to see you. Um, I was just uh, 
talk, we were talking about it. Well, obviously it's night here today, so it's night time now. So uh, this morning we were talking about the vax and the name, the name Yahweh. And this is just so beautiful that those, those that know the name are those that are not taking the vax. In our community here, they are so anti the vax that know the name. Those that don't know the name, some of the churches are open to vaccine facilities now. They are saying, yeah, come have the vax in our church. Right? And our churches are um, restricted to 20% on a Sunday. Right? That can go. But for the vax, they allowed 500 people in the building. Yeah, well, that's an incredible error. Because the vax... There was a report that was published by a leading immunologist in Europe yesterday. And he said that the vax are super spreaders. They are super spreaders. They're carrying 251 viruses more than the unvaxxed. And they're super spreaders. And, you know, you guys can go ahead and congregate all day long. Why? Because we believe in the jab. We believe in the snake. We believe in the snake bite. And because of that, they're just, they're creating a, a greater and greater event. And then they turn around and say, it's those mean, ruthless, unvaxxed people who are anti-mask that are putting the rest of us at risk. Well, that's not what the science says, but that's what their mass psychosis says. And yeah. we need to, we, you know, we have to face the fact that the world has come under a mass psychosis. There's a very interesting uh, piece that was just released um, that uh, was sent to me last night, in the middle of the night, actually. But uh, it is a delivery from a number of psychologists that have come out and said that the world is suffering from mass psychosis. And this is what, you, you know, you see events of this in the past, like the Salem witch trials, when they were burning people at the stake for being witches who had committed no crime. When you see what happened in Nazi Germany, you know, you saw a mass psychosis. These people are to blame. Well, can you point any rational fact to that? No, but uh, we're, you know, we all, uh, they're endangering us all. And so we've had people tell us at the supermarket, you know, these anti-vax people should be exterminated. Exterminated. We should just kill them all. Well, That's has it occurred to you that you're committing murder? You know, that you're in your heart? Well, they threaten us because they could carry a disease that we could catch. Did they? Did they carry the disease? Did you catch it from them? Can you prove that? You know, when you when you try somebody for a crime, they you have to show proximate cause. You know, you have to show the elements, right? You have to show evil state of mind, and you have to show that they're the proximate cause of the event that took place. You're going to charge somebody with murder. They have to have committed murder. Well, you could have committed murder. You know, the problem is, is that all the rest of us have put our, our firearms away, and you didn't, which means you could commit murder. And because you could, we need to kill you. I mean, that's their logic, right? There is no logic. They just suffer from mass psychosis. And that mass psychosis, at the end of the day, the end of the day, the result of that mass psychosis is complete and total destruction of the social order. That's what's there at the backside of that. And, you know, and then oh, we're going to limit the unvaxxed population, only 20 in the church, and they have to social distance six feet and they have to wear a mask. 
Number one, the mask is as effective at stopping a virus as a chain link fence is at keeping out mosquitoes. Okay, yeah. that's how effective it is. Number two, the spread of the virus is 30 feet, not six feet. So if you're going to social distance, you need to stay 30 feet apart, not six feet apart. But that's untenable because that completely ends everything. They know that, right? We also know that herd immunity, natural immunity, is 13 times more effective at preventing catching anything than any vax is. In fact, the vax effectiveness is about 1%. And, and its ineffectiveness in terms of creating ADE, which is autoimmune deficiency expectancy, which is present in everyone who's taken the vax, goes through the roof. So people are dying from the vax and they're going to be dying from the vax. And the first time they get exposed to the common cold or the flu, it has a very strong chance of killing them. Right. And um, so the, I mean, these I, governments are insane. Right, Chris. Doc, I, I actually wanted to um, I wanted to chat about something else, and that was um, something that was raised about I don't know a week or three, two or three weeks ago. Uh, it was the so-called rapture theory, um, where the two people working in the field or two people sitting on the couch, and one is taken, one is rejected, or 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 two. It didn't say two people. It says two are sitting on a couch, one is rejected. The I've written you an email about this a while ago, quite a, quite a while ago. Um, what I thought is, couldn't it be two, two, i.e., the soul and the body were sitting there? And then, because why the kicker for me is the last verse in, uh, in Luke uh, 17, where it says, And they answered and said unto him, Where, Adonai? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. Now, Eagles don't eat carrion. They don't eat dead meat. They, 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 they hunt live meat. So why, why would an eagle be there? Then you can take that back to Exodus where he says, I will fetch you on the eagle's wings. And then to Isaiah 49, uh, Isaiah 40, is it 40? Where he says that um, we'll rise up on eagle's wings and soar. So uh, just a thought, right? I mean, everybody to do their own homework on that. I don't want to take time, but I just thought uh, it's very interesting why one shall be working in, you know, look in the, in the, in, in the other, in not, if you don't read the other sefer, it's complete lies. That whole, that whole scripture is complete lies. You know, two men will be on the couch. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, the, the stuff, you're right, you're correct. I went through those passages and we restructured them in the sefer because they were just simply wrong. I mean, there was totally invented wrong. stuff in there, you know, that didn't exist. And, you know, and you may be onto something. I mean, it could be the body and the soul, you know, that the body is, the body is left behind. And, you know. Um, because and, it doesn't say vultures, you know, which, which vultures, then I could understand. Okay. There's definitely, you know, they're eating, but why eagles? Because they don't eat dead flesh, you know? So yeah, and that's all eagles, that I wanted yeah. to say. I was just, yeah thinking you know people could do their own homework on that I, I i that's what i personally sort of came up with and i thought oh well that's interesting to me so um anyway that passage so what you're talking about chris is, that passage you know that that passage has always intrigued me because i've never completely understood it you know that um you know, where the carcasses the eagles will gather right you know I've, I've never quite understood that i mean you know i know that this is he's speaking metaphorically here 
And he's he speaking about because he, he's talking about his own body. He's talking, I think he's preferring. And then he says one will be rejected. Now the flesh has to be rejected because the flesh is evil. The flesh cannot be with God. The, the, right. they, they, they can't coexist. And that's why I'm saying, isn't it? Because the body is rejected, but the soul that is joined to the Ruach is taken up. You know, as it says, in the, the angels will gather the the angels will gather the, the, the believers. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, I think it's a very good idea, Chris. I think it's a very you good know, it's, idea. It's, Maybe it explains I'm not, those I'm, crazy not passages, to, right? Yeah, I don't want to make it like, you know, doctrine. I'm just saying it was interesting to me to, to sort of go into that and think about it a bit and say, okay, well, maybe that is what it is. That's all that I want to say, you know, but I don't yeah. want to, I don't want to waste time. There's too many people. Well, well, thank you, Chris. I appreciate that. Thanks, thanks for your word. Thank you, brother. Lacey, always, thank you so much. Thank always you. good to hear from you. You know that. Okay, thanks, Chris. Jenny, how are you? I'm great, Doctor P. How are you? Well, I'm good. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Shabbat shalom. Shabbat shalom. And to the family too. Um, I just have a quick thing to say. I just wanted to say how much we, Mom and I, enjoyed crossing over the other night. And what an encouraging word that was. That's my, yeah, that's Mama. Hi. Uh, I just wondered, is do you know if Jessica's gonna try to repost or post it somewhere else? Well, fortunately, I've been contacted by a couple of people. Uh, Stuart Birch is one of them, uh, my good friend Stuart in, in the UK. He's contacted me, he saved the video. Uh, somebody else, I think Daniel on here saved the video as well. So we have, we're, we are gonna have access to the video, but it's not gonna be up on YouTube. And I was depressed because, I mean, I was having a good time in that video. And I think, you know, I really do think that the Ruach was really directing me in terms of what that scripture was, yes. uh, that it was uh, extremely important. But I mean, but I mean, you know, the YouTube guys got offended. Yeah. And so they wrote Jessica. It's like, that's a strike. And that is, you know, we're suspending you for a week. And, you know, so Jessica right now is looking for other opportunities like Patreon or Brighton or BitChute or something. We're looking for a whole bunch of other alternatives that may be there. We may broadcast on Facebook Live next week. I don't know what we're going to do. Um, I can tell you that I, I, I'm perfectly content with whatever happens because Yah is directing what's going on, you know, and he's blessing us. I would love to be able to have it. And I usually save and record too, but I didn't. Well, didn't. in this case, we're going to take the deliverance video. We're going to make it available. I've got to talk to, of course, Penny and figure out what we can do in terms of our website, because we do have, you know, um, uh, one of our guys, Jonathan, he captures every video and he may have already captured that one. But then again, sometimes we're a little bit late. We're a little bit slow and that thing got taken down pretty quickly. Yeah. And uh, so, um, but we're going to have the video. We will, we're, we're going to get the video and we'll have it. But you have to remember that that's, those videos come in, in big files, right? They're right. big. Yeah. And so to transfer them is kind of difficult, but we may be able to put them up on the Sephir website where you're going to, where you're going to be able to go there and just, I, I have talked to Jonathan about us putting them up on Sephir Academy. We know that we're going to have the, the audio version of every, uh, every crossing over in an MP3 format will be every, every single crossing over in audio will be available on Sephir Academy. Now, so you can be, you'll be able to listen to it in terms of a podcast. You'll be able to listen to it as a podcast. Uh, but the video is going to be another question. Now, uh, I think we are going to also host 
those videos as well. So you'll be able to see the whole video too. And, and believe it or not, we actually captured all the old NYS TV videos too. Wow. Even though they, they completely blocked us and cut us off and all that. But I had many, many friends that said, we've got them all. So here you go. And they sent them over to me. I have a lot that I downloaded. I mean, y'all probably have them too, because I've been downloading off and on, on a, on a, you know, external hard drive for a while, just in case everything goes down, I'll have something to listen to or watch, you know. Well, everything is going to go down. And this is something else to think about too. That, you know, when you guys, if we, if you get a chance today, swing over to the Sefer website okay. and go scroll down to the bottom of the page and take down the physical address of the Sefer company in Eureka. Okay. okay. Take down that, that PO box, because if we lose all internet traffic, you can still slip us a postcard for anything that you need. Okay. You can slip us a postcard and then, you know, we will, we'll get in touch with you one way or the other. And we, we will continue to be in, in contact. You know, we were talking last night, if all the cell phones go down, there was one group, one family in our fellowship that still had a landline, right? Nobody else has a landline. Right? And so like, how are we going to contact you? I don't know. They don't have they don't have a cell phone, and you're not going to be able to get a landline either, right? Breaker, and, breaker. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, uh, you know, you might want to think in the next thirty days about ordering a landline if you can yeah. afford one. You know, wow. something to well, think about. Anyway, it was just real. I thought it was one of the most encouraging words that you've ever given, and especially for the body, knowing that you know we hidden in Him. I mean, we are His. He's going to see us through, no matter what we face. So. It's just, that's just the truth of it. That's just the truth of it. And, you know, and because that's the truth, I mean, I got to tell you, when I was preparing for the show, I was going to do the show on the wrath of Yah, you know? So I started preparing this and I got my slides going and blah, blah, blah. And I get like three slides into it. And he's like, no, no, that idea isn't going over at all. If this is what I want you to do. I want you to do it on deliverance. Okay. All right. So I just abandoned it. Okay. Let's switch this over. We'll do it on deliverance. Right. And then it started flowing. Boom, boom, boom. You know, that's a 40 slide PDF. It was awesome. So if you want anybody who wants a copy of the PDF, you can just, you just write to me at Stephen at Okay. And I will say, I'll send you a copy of the PDF. So you have it. And then, you know, even though you don't have the, even though you don't have the video, you'll have the PDF and you can look at it and you can see those scriptures. Okay. okay. So I really appreciate that, Jenny. I want to broker a deal with you, okay? After <laughs> you're a good capitalist. All right, let her rip. After we watched you and Jessica the other night, and this isn't the first time she's expressed this, but um, Mama wants to come live with you. <laughs> <laughs> I sure do. Well, I'll tell you, we we only have we only have we've got two vacant igloos on the back half of the property. <laughs> <laughs> she said can you get in touch with him and ask him if we can come live with him <laughs> well i can tell you i'll tell you you know we were talking about this again last night you know there's there's this area you know, where we go we go fishing you know it's out on the Susitna river and uh you know we went out there we had to go out by airboat which is the only way you could get out there and i'm telling you the area is you know there is something so godly about that area you know, you get out there and it's just Yah's world. I mean, it's his world, right? And uh, so beautiful and so wonderful out there. And uh, there is one particular place that I'm looking at and it's a piece of property and it's got, it has a knoll on it. And this knoll rises up to about 200 feet above sea level. 
And, you know, I want to put a tower on there that has a light on it. And if I put a light on it, that light will be able to be seen all the way from Talkeetna, which is 90 miles north, all the way to Kenai, which is 90 miles south. So the whole populated area of South Central Alaska will see that light. And I want that light to be up because, because people will talk about that light. What's that light? Right now, there is one light that appears on one of the mountains. It's a five-pointed star that the Army put up that signifies the Army control over that area, right? It's a five-pointed star. The Army's here, right? But I want to put up another light that says, Yah is here. Oh, man. Right. Yah is here. And that, and that this is the light of the word. And, you know, it was like John was talking about, this light of the menorah. To put up this light and to have this light shining, a solar-powered light that sits up there and shines uh, uh, above it and... You know, and so that we can see, so that people can see, and that people who are looking out and saying, you know, uh, can I be a part of this world? Is there light in the darkness? Because this winter is going to be dark. It's going to be dark, dark, and it's going to be filled with grief, and it's going to be filled with mourning, and it's going to be filled with tragedy, and it's going to be filled with us having to be strong, and it's going to be filled with us having to say there's a reason for joy, and there, it's going to be filled with that. Well, that's what's going to happen. And so we have to turn around and say, hey, listen, these guys are all mean. They're rude. They want to do this. They want to do that. They want to inflict all this, this satanic evil on you. But it's not going to touch us. I think it's right not now, going to touch us. I think right now he is trying, and, and I've seen this more recently in the past few weeks, he is trying to train up. You are, stand in my peace where you are. Keep your eyes on me and do not waver, regardless of the circumstances, regardless if you're if you're feeling pushed or pulled, stand, stand. And that's what he's trying to tell us right now. Amen. Amen, Jenny. I mean, that's it. It's to endure, right? Those who endure until the end shall be saved. So we just stand strong in the face faith and stand strong with a smile on your face. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Blessings. Blessings to you, Jenny. And blessings to your mom. Let me know when you have her ticket ready. So. Okay. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay. Thank you. Hey, Shoshi. I think she's going to have to stand in line. There's a few people in front of her <laughs> that are going, that are heading your way before that. Sorry, Grant. Sorry, mom. There's a few others of us. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I know. It's always seems nice to, you know, be all together. That's why a lot of people want to go where you are, Dr. Pete. Yeah, amen. Um, yeah, I'll one do. of the things um, that, yeah, I was going to ask you about the, putting the uh, the video, I mean, the, the video ones of your suffer because you have a lot of one, other ones on there already. So I only saw the beginning of it and I missed the rest of it too. So I heard it was really great. So hopefully we can, I think, you know, the email, emailing you and we can always get the PDF, but it obviously would be nice to hear your voice. And hear what you have to say. Certainly. Okay, well, we'll get the video up. I'll, I'll, yeah. talk, to I'll talk to Stuart about it. Uh, yeah, that today. would be helpful. He'll ship you put it on your site. And we'll get it up. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, one thing I want to mention when Chris was talking about that, when he's talking about the two in the field, you know, I kind of studied that a while back and I was thinking about what Mashiach said. I remember he was talking to the father and he said, uh, talking about his disciples, Talmudim, and he said, Father, I pray that you keep them from evil, but I mean, that you, that you don't keep them from this world, but keep them from evil. I mean, not don't take them out of this world, but keep them from evil. Right. Yeah. So, exactly. you know, when I thought about that, I mean, that's where I thought the part about there'll be two in the field. One is taken. Those that are taken are taken in wickedness because Yahushua did pray to the father and just said, you know, I pray that you don't take them out, but you keep them from evil. You remember that scripture in John? 
So, you know, that was, you know, Chris, that's just a, something that I had studied a little bit. Um, I don't know about the eagles part, but I do know um, there's an incorrect, uh, eagles do eat dead animals too. So it's not just live animals. So I don't really, you know, I'm not really sure, you know, what the context of that really is. I guess we'll find out. What I wanted to ask you a question was, you know, with all these things coming about and all that, of course, we have the safest place we know is in Yahuwah's presence, no matter where we are. Amen. But Amen. For sure. Not to, a lot of people are looking to run to the hills and run from here and there. But hello, you know, the safest places is a present. It, in his presence, it doesn't matter where you are because you can't run, know that running there is going to protect you because that's not what it's about. It's not about the physical presence. It's about, you know, being with him. And sitting in his presence, trusting in him and trying to have no fear. I mean, it's not easy because you're going through a lot of things that are going on in this world. And especially if you're by yourself, it can be tough sometimes, you know, that's why it's so important to fellowship together to try to encourage each other and help each other. But one thing I was going to ask you is if, you know, all these things start to happen, whatever happens to your money that's in the bank? I mean, what do we, I mean, are we, is there anything that we can do? What will happen? about things that we have, about money that we have. What do we do with the money that's in the bank and those kind of things? Okay, so if you, if you could mute, because I'm getting a big echo coming from you. Oh, sorry about that. Can you hear me okay now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay there we go. Okay, that's better. Yeah, okay. so, um, so when it comes to money in the bank, when this thing crashes, uh, you know, your money in the bank, as far as the bank is concerned, is a digital notation. It doesn't exist in $100 bills. It's just a, a line entry. And when the bank crashes, that line entry just goes, goodbye, sayonara. So should we take the money out of the bank? Well, you know, you should have, you know, I do think that having cash on hand <clears throat> is an important thing to do. You mm -hmm. should have, you should have some cash on hand. What would you say when you say some? I mean, I, I mean, I do have some that I have. And I'm sure other people do too, but what would you say is a, Good amount to have that you should have well i think if you can afford it you should have 10 g's no i don't have 10, i don't have that much if i'm not sure everybody have, has 10 g's yeah if you well if you don't have that much then get the rest of it out yeah okay if you have less okay. than 10 g's in the bank get yeah. it all out okay get it all out because mm -hmm. the, the banks i mean you know uh there's going to be a bank holiday and then you won't be able to get it at all yeah and, you how, know, are you gonna pay, how are you going to pay? How are you going to pay everybody that pays their bills online? What's going to happen then? There won't be any bills online. You'll be lucky if there'll be an online at all. Yeah, right. So those people you know, aren't going to get paid. <laughs> yeah, wait, well, there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to get paid, and uh, and not only that, but they, I mean, you know, there's just going to be such a catastrophic collapse that it's going to be, you know, it, you know, it's, you know, I, I liken it to what happened in the Soviet Union in 1992. Mm -hmm. Okay, when it collapsed, their currency went to zero. It pancaked to zero. And so they quit using the ruble. I mean, the ruble wasn't used for 15 years, right? The American dollar became king in Russia. And, mm -hmm. and it was counterfeit $100 bills that had floated in from Iran that they were using for a long time as currency. And uh, that's what they had for currency. They didn't have their own ruble. And so nothing went on. I mean, everybody that had a government position lost their position because why would you go to work if you're not getting paid? They didn't even bother to give them IOUs. They gave them nothing. So a lot of the army, would, if there was a military base in a city, they would go out and capture factories and they'd capture stores and they'd capture other things where they could make some kind of a profit to pay their troops. Mm -hmm. So suddenly the army's making uh, samovars. Suddenly the army's making matryoshkas. You know, uh, this, the army was doing it because this mm -hmm. is what they could do to try to feed their troops. 
And this is how the Soviet, and, and believe me, it was a period of rapid starvation from 92, 92, 93 was starvation throughout Russia. I mean, they don't, they won't tell you this, but probably 20 million people starved to death in Russia during that time. And there was mm -hmm. another starvation period from 98 to 99 and another brief one in the year 2002 before the economy finally turned in Russia's, uh, in Russia's behalf with resource development. But this is why, you know, uh, having cash on hand, cash uh, and, and, I'm, and not silver and not gold. These guys that are selling you silver and gold, let me tell yeah, you. Yeah, just having but, bills. Yeah, yeah because, because you, get, you get silver and gold, you have to have a buyer for that silver. Okay, right, you know, right. With a bunch of silver, silver's gone up to 600 an ounce. Okay, great. Who's buying it from you? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, the coin collectors are going to get end up with nothing. Yeah, they're going to end up with nothing. So who's going to buy it from you? So you're sitting and can you eat silver? Can you eat gold? No, but there's still some fungibility in cash. Right. And because people recognize it and other people will take the cash and they're going to mm -hmm. be some kind of arbiter. So having cash on hand is going to be an important thing. So if you have what, whatever you have in savings and so on and so forth, it'd be a good idea to get it out and make sure you have it in a safe place mm -hmm. uh, where, you know, robbers won't break in and steal it from you. Okay. Jeez. Oh, Yahusha Bo. Yeah, yeah, amen. amen. Right. Hallelujah. Right. Amen. Yeah. Okay. Amen. Yeah. That's what we need. We need him to come soon. Dang. This is, you know, just have to stand strong in the middle of all this, you know, but again, yeah. like you said, count it all joy because we know where we're going to end up. Right. Yeah. Well, it's so true. We know we're going to end up. And I'll tell you something. There's going to be times that are going to be. You're going to be sitting here going, "This is an unbelievably difficult struggle," and then Yah is going to do something, and you're going to go, "Oh, look at that." You said he's moving anyway, so he's he, you know he's moving on you. The one that mentioned that he's moving on Biden, all them for the wickedness they're doing. So he's moving, <laughs> he right? Moved against Biden in such a way, it was like, okay, here you go. Yeah, you're, you're, you're so confident and so arrogant in yourself. Well, here, I'm just going to let you do it. Yeah, when he when you know, he starts if, to move on Fauci and Gates, that'll make a big difference. Oh, yeah. Well, that's going to happen, too. Although, I mean, you know, look, you know, they're reserved for, you know, they're reserved for the lake of fire. You know that. Right. But, you know, the thing is, when you talk about what when you talk about yeah, moving, you know, it's like when we when anybody who's in power would do well, like David did to pray, even though David was a robust sinner. Right. But you have to pray. You need to mm -hmm. pray to Yah, direct my steps, guide my mm -hmm. steps. Before yes. you go making any major decision, you should be in prayer. Mm -hmm. Guide my steps. Mm -hmm. Show me, show me, show me. And you mm -hmm. think you're going to do it on your own. You're so arrogant. I'm going to do it on my own. Then fine. You're going to do it on your own. And you're going to wear 100% responsibility for what you did. Because exactly. you never bothered to pray. Right. Prayer is everything for sure. For it, sure. It, sure, it sure is. Yeah. Thank Thanks, Shoshi. Okay, let's go to, oh, okay, so let's see. This is Dan and Ethel Acevedo. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hello, oh, hi, hello. there you are, hi. Hi. Um, my question was, I was reading uh, Revelations 12, verse 14. Let me get that for you. I'm reading it from my... Uh, I've got it, 12, 14. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, and my question uh, was, what are they referring to the two wings? It says, what are the two wings? So that, so that was my question. Uh, uh, yeah, and so and therefore, let's see. Uh, okay, now you said 12 what, seven? And there was more in the heaven? No. 12, 14, sorry, 12, 12 14. 
12, 14, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle. Well, you know, when you talk about the wings of an eagle, you know, if you go back and you look at the Exodus out of Mitzrayim, right? The Torah talks about the, the house of Yasharel being lifted up on the wings of an eagle and taken up from Mitzrayim. So these are not physical wings of an eagle, but rather this is the miracle of Yah. Now, I got to tell you, I know that people are wondering, how is this second exodus going to take place, right? How is Yah going to do this? And, you know, is he going to dry up the Atlantic and we're going to walk over? I mean, can you imagine? Think about, think about drying up the Atlantic and you're walking and you're 7,000 feet down and there's walls of water on either side of you and they're 7,000 feet high. <laughs> That's going to take a lot of guts to walk that walk, you know, especially when you're going to have to walk it for a month, right? No, the, you know, what is Yah going to do here? What is the, what are these two wings of the great eagle? Well, the two wings of the great eagle, I think, is what you're talking about is you're talking about Yah. And again, you know, Chris raised this earlier, talking about this, the eagle gathering where the carcass was, you know, and us being protected by the wings of the eagle and us being lifted up by the wings of the eagle, the two wings of the great eagle. Well, this great eagle, I believe, is a metaphor for the salvation, if you will, of Yah. It's a metaphor for his salvation. And so it says here, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished. Now, personally, I think that this has already happened, okay? That the woman who is Yasharel has already flown into the wilderness. Now, this happens spiritually. You fly into the wilderness where you are. You are in the wilderness, and, you know, it may not, for some of you, it, it definitely feels like the wilderness. You know, where are your friends, right? Where's your where's your congregation? Where's this? Where's that? You know, and so you feel like, gee, man, I'm, I've been left all alone here. Well, the reason you're left all alone is because you're in the wilderness, because you're in his wilderness. What is this wilderness? It's a spiritual wilderness. It's a spiritual wilderness. Now, when you look at the, at the word wilderness in Hebrew, this wilderness is Bamidbar, right? Bamidbar. So, uh, so it, like when you look at the, the book numbers, it's called Bamidbar, which means in the wilderness, in the wilderness. So Midbar is wilderness. But what is Midbar? It's Madabar, Madabar, which means what? From the word, from the word. Why is it wilderness? Because in the wilderness, the word is not present. The word's not present. And what we have seen now is that what goes on? is that you see that uh, in this passage in Revelation 18, it says, the light shall no more be seen in you, Babylon, right? We talked about the light earlier, and this is what John brought up, you know, this candlelight, that I'm going to remove your light from its place. I'm going I'm to extinguish that light. That is the light of his word. That is a lamp unto, his, into, unto, unto our feet. That light has been removed. The light shall no more shine in you. Neither shall you hear the voice of the bridegroom or the bride. Who's the bridegroom? It's Mashiach. Who's the bride? It's us. Neither shall you see the bridegroom or the bride anymore. You won't hear from them. You're not going to hear from them anymore. Why? Because they have been removed into the wilderness. So what does this mean? This means that our voices are not being heard in public places. We're being censored. None of you. You don't get to make your statements in public. We don't want to see you. We don't want to hear from you. We can share among one another, but no one else has seen our social media posts. No one else is hearing from us. 
And then when it comes time for a public place like YouTube or someplace else where you can make a, a public speech, they censor you, they cut you off, they shut you down. No, no, no. Why? Because we're in the wilderness. We're in the wilderness because of the wings of a great eagle. What are those? Did we see those wings? No, I don't think we did. But nonetheless, we're in the, we're in the wilderness. And as we're in the wilderness, we have to wait the time, times, and a half a time, right? Which appears to be three and a half years. Now, that time, times, and a half a time began. You go back and you look. You know, we thought that the first of the year in 2020 was March 13th. That was the first of Aviv, according to our calendar. In other places, it may have been, you know, the, the new moon may have appeared earlier. But the pandemic and the lockdowns began on March 11th of 2020. That's when they began, you see? And so well, when we look at it, I believe that the count began uh, on October 1st, 2017, that we had this, we had the sign in the heavens, this Revelation 12 sign on September 23rd, 2017. Then it was an eight day count to Yom Kippur because it was a male child being born and the woman was unclean for seven days. And then she would present the child on the eighth day, which in this case was Yom Kippur. In Yom Kippur, the signs of the heavens were given. So then October 1st, if you count out 1260 days, it takes you to March 13th of 2020. But they began the pandemic March 11th. That's when they began the lockdowns. That's when it was time to flatten the curve, March 11th. And so you see that they, they may have jumped the gun a little bit, but you can see that what we're talking about now is now we have time, times, and a half time, which is going to go until April 24th, 2024, when we finally see this new eclipse that's going to come in. And that new eclipse is going to represent the Aleph and the Tav over the United States, bringing sanctification again, as Mashiach claims North America for his own. But in that claiming of North America for his own between now and then, we have been sequestered in the wilderness while others are not in the wilderness. The, the rest of the world is in the world. Why? You know, we talked about this last night. Why does one person who is capable of making totally rational decisions in their life and they're making rational business decisions, they're driving down the road correctly, they're doing other things, but yet they decide I'm going to take this vax. When they know it doesn't prevent the disease, they know it has the highest kill record ever seen. The highest kill record ever seen. I mean, the, this particular jab has killed more people than every inoculation in history combined, unless you accurately counted the smallpox facts during the, the great smallpox breakout, Spanish uh, smallpox, or the Spanish flu or whatever it was back in 1918. <clears throat> when, you look at that, when you look at that history, you're seeing something here that is extremely significant. And yet no one, the FDA go ahead, goes ahead and approves this. I mean, it's outrageous. And so you have people who could very easily go on YouTube and look and see video after video of people who are, I mean, I saw a video of a gal who came down with a, with a flesh disease from the very first jab. And I mean, her body is just rotting off of her body. Her flesh is rotting off of her body just completely, you know? There's photos on photos on photos of people that have broken out in these massive skin boil, blood boils all over their body. 
people that have come down with Guillain Bar, Bar disease, people that have come down with MS, people that have come, gone into convulsions, nonstop convulsions that they can't stop, people that have instantly died, 11 year olds that have had heart attacks, 17 year olds that have had heart attacks. They had three children die from the needle in the stadium in Australia when they you know, mandated a, the backs of 24,000 children. Three of them dropped dead right there on the spot in the stadium. And yet you have people who knowing this, or they don't want to know it because guess what? They're suffering from mass psychosis. Well, it could be us. It could have been us. It could have been us in that mass psychosis, but Yah pulled us out of it. And the fact that he pulled us out of the mass psychosis, guess what? We're in the wilderness. Thank you very much, Dr. P for answering that. Thank you. I have a blessings to you guys. I have a quick question, Dr. P, if I can squeeze one in. Um, I wanted to ask you about Paul. Now, I, I know Paul is a, a big topic um, and there's a lot to talk about, but um, do you believe that there could have been some adulterating of his writings? And if so, do you believe that Clemens could have had a hand in the uh alteration if, 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 I, if I can call it that um, some people say the writings are what they are and I know that Peter says that it's something that you have to uh, uh, approach carefully but um, there is no one in the word that contradicts what has been from the beginning uh, and and exclusively Shabbat um, and um, and the rest of the right rulings but um, you know it, it, I just I just have a time with, 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 with Paul and I know it's there because it's necessary, his letters. No, no, I understand that. And I've heard this, believe me, I've heard this question from many, many people in the community, including my own daughter, right? She's always giving me grief about Paul. <clears throat> but I can tell you that, yes, the writings of Paul were corrupted. Thank you. Two, the second, the English translations are another massive corruption of Paul massively corrupted and so and so you see clement was part of it eusebius was part of it he was another corrupter the king james guys were corruptors i mean you know when you get francis bacon in there saying you know like i'll give you an example the hebrew oh yeah so you get peace be unto you my peace i give to you the hebrew shalom shalom you know you, know, you see what i mean and then when you read First Timothy, it's like, blah, 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 blah. You, you'll find four words in the Greek, and here's a 25-word English sentence. How'd you guys get that out of that, right? Well, we wanted to make it a little bit more eloquent. You know, no, you wanted to make it a lot more eloquent. And we found, I found some really notorious stuff in Galatians, okay? Galatians was the one that had, you know, a huge issue. But while we're here, I mean, I just want to go through it with you, because in Galatians, there's a passage in Galatians 5 that you got to ask yourself the question. If Paul really said what it says in the KJV, right? If you be circumcised, Mashiach benefits you not. Then you're trying to tell me that this guy who was circumcised and this guy who went on to circumcise Timothy is saying, gee, well, circumcision, you're cut off from Mashiach if you're circumcised, Right. That, this is what they're trying to say. Oh, well, Paul said, if you're circumcised, you're cut off from Mashiach. Well, I'm sorry. That is extremely inconsistent with everything Paul did and everything Paul was, right? Then why did Paul say that salvation comes first to the Yahudim and then to the other nations? Why did he say that? 
if the circumcised were cut off, because let me tell you what it really says there, right? Mm. Galatians 5.2. Behold, I, Paul, and by the way, it's not Paul, Paulos. What's your name? Paulos. I'm like mm. Apollos, only a little bit different. The great Greek guy, Apollos, only I'm a different. I'm Paulos. No, what he was telling us, my name is Paul, the worker, right? Paul Ohel is a tent worker, somebody who sews tents. He showed up, I'm Paul, I'm the worker. He was telling them, I'm the worker, the sent one of Yahusha. Oh, you mean Paulos, the apostle. Hmm, let's capitalize that, put it in bold, and, you know, and strengthen it with this huge, elaborate greeting, right? Oh, yeah, well, okay. So here's what he says here. Behold, I, Paul, the worker, set forth this concerning you, except that Mashiach was circumcised, none of ye benefit. Now, that critical understanding, when you look at how the semantics are placed in the Greek, which adjective refers to which noun, when you look at that semantic, can you understand that that's the way that passage reads? All of a sudden, you realize that Mashiach, and there's no question that Mashiach was circumcised. It's in Luke, categoric, period. You can't deny it. And if Mashiach was, so if you're asking the question, what would Jesus do? Well, guess what he did? That's what he did. That was his condition, all right? But then you say, but, but the fact is there was blood let on that circumcision. Because there was blood let on that circumcision, there was redemption for the entire uncircumcised world because there was blood let. Except for his circumcision, none of ye benefit because the uncircumcised, according to the Torah, would still be out. You can't come in. You're out. You can't come in, according to the Torah. So Moshe is a liar. Paul teaching the Torah is a liar. Everybody's a liar. No, because the blood was let. And because the blood was let, guess what? The redemption went out to the circumcised and the uncircumcised. And that's why Paul says, it doesn't make any difference if you're circumcised or uncircumcised. The blood was let. End of story. Nothing more to talk about. The blood was let. End of story. And so this is why, this is why, so this is why I get so irate at the way Galatians was translated because they just butchered. And it's the same thing with 1 Corinthians 11. And did Clement add to it? You bet he added to it. When, and you can kind of tell if you're, if you're somebody who smokes out this stuff. When you're reading the epistles of Paul, you look for what is Roman church instruction. You're going along and you're reading his teaching, like in Romans, when he's teaching, you guys need to understand the Torah this way. And you need to understand it that way. He's teaching all this stuff. And then, then you come to, okay, we're reaching that. We're finding that. Okay, excellent. Then all of a sudden, and when you're running the church, you do this, you do this, you do this, you do this. And the church has to be run. When you see that church running stuff, that stuff was written by Clement and was added to it. So when you see this, some people say, well, look, this is the word of Paul and Paul is immutable, right? How many pastors get up and they teach Paul nothing but Paul, and they tell you, well, if Mashiach said something, well, yeah, but Paul said. If Moses said something, yeah, but Paul said. Well, if the teaching is in the Torah, well, you know, according to Paul, you know, I mean, I've heard this, you know, put on the Paul glasses my whole life because these guys want to teach iniquity. But when you talk about the books of book of Romans, right? So you got a little bit of an issue here in the book of Romans, right? Because you have some, and you can read it in, you can read it in any version of, 
You can read in any version of, of scripture you want. But everybody believes that Paul wrote Romans. But in verse chapter 16, verse 22, it says this. I, Tertius, who wrote this book, salute mm. you in Yahweh. Now, I mean, that's what it says. I didn't write it in there. Somebody else wrote it in there, right? Tertius, he wrote it in there. I, Tertius, I wrote this book. And if you look closely at most of the epistles of Paul, you'll see there's pseudepigraphal, right? This one was written by Epiphanitus. This one was written by Timotheus. This one was written by, by Lucius, right? And I think Luke is the one who wrote 2 Corinthians. I think Luke is the one who wrote uh, who wrote the book of Hebrews. He certainly wrote the book of Acts, and he certainly wrote the gospel of Luke, right? And this was Lucius, the grandson of Caradoc, the Welshman living in Rome, who was appointed the first bishop of Rome by Paul. So when, so when you read Paul, you have to recognize too. I mean, I'll give you another example. When In the book of Acts, Paul's up there. Now, if Paul had this teaching that was in Galatians the way we see it now. Oh, the Torah, forget about that. Circumcision, forget about that. Ignore those guys. The way they're trying to claim that Paul said that stuff when he didn't, but the way they're trying to claim it, then he shows up in Jerusalem and he's trying to bring in five Greeks into the temple, sneak them into the temple under the Nazarite vow. And you had a group of Jews say, hey, we're not going to eat or drink until that guy is dead. And so they go after him. Now, when they finally capture him, he gets up in front of the king, in front of Festus there, and he says, does he say, oh, yeah, this is what I meant in Galatians. Does he say that? This, when you people thought I was teaching, teaching anti-Torah, this is what I would really meant. Did he clarify any of that? Nothing. Instead, he says, oh, everybody's mad at me because I believe in the resurrection. And he starts a beef up between the Pharisees and the Sadducees so that the Pharisees defend him and get him out of town. You know, he left out a lot of stuff off the table there. A lot of stuff off the table, right? So, you know, Paul, like Moshe, like David, like Abraham, was a sinner, period. And people who don't th who think Paul is perfect are crazy. He was a sinner. And so he wrote the stuff that he wrote. Now, I love the, the, the teaching of Paul, and I love the writing of Paul, but you have to understand it. And when you come to a passage, you're going, he couldn't have possibly said that. Right, openly contradicting the Torah. He couldn't have possibly said that. That's not possible. Well, he probably didn't. But you go back and you look at the Greek, and all of a sudden you find, oh, hey, like for instance, uh, the first day of the week. Paul's talking about the first day of the week. Baloney, he's not talking about the first day of the week. He's talking about the first Sabbath of the year. That's mm. what he's talking about. But the Romans got in there. Here, let me get up my eraser. Scribble, 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 change, change, change. Okay. All right, thanks for that question. Thank, Thank you, you so much. much. Big clarity. I was a big fight last night. We had a group and uh, had a young man coming at me with Paul, and he was giving his interpretation. But uh, my final say was, who do you follow? Messiah or flesh or and Paul. bone? I mean, you know, like, I'll guarantee it. Let me, let me just, let me guess, let me guess what his passages were. Colossians 2, Galatians 5, right? We're, all that stuff was nailed to the cross. We don't have to do that. Uh, we're, we're not, we're not, I'm not under the law. No, no, you're over the law. Yeah, you're not under the law. You know, I love those guys that have been trained in the church. I'm not under the law. Oh, you're not under the law? Great. Next time you're on the freeway, you're doing 75 and the 50, trooper pulls you over, tell him, I'm not under the law. <laughs> you know, he'll tell you, yeah, you're under arrest is what you are. Or, or you can try this one. You know, look, 
I realized the speed limit's 50 and I was doing 75. But my dad drove this highway yesterday and fulfilled it. He drove it 50. Check that. Right? Check that. So the law was fulfilled. These people, they don't know what they're talking about. When Paul's talking about you were, you were not under the law, that means you weren't born under the law of circumcision. You were born outside that as the uncircumcised. That's what he's telling them. And then when he says, look, this got nailed to the cross. What? It's the handwriting of dogma. What's the handwriting of dogma? The oral law. The stuff yeah. we made up, the catechism of the Catholic Church, the catechism of the Lutheran Church, the doctrines of the Presbyterian Church, that stuff is what got nailed to the cross, that dogma. This is religiosity that got nailed to the cross. What didn't get nailed to the cross? The, the covenant, the Ten Commandments of Yahweh that he gave face to face, person to person, face to face, spoke it to them and then wrote it with his own finger. That didn't get nailed to the cross. That's inside the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, oh, I don't have to keep that. Oh, you don't have to keep that. You're not under the law. So you don't adhere to the doctrine of thou shalt not kill. Well, that's right. My pastor told me we don't even have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about that. So you don't mind if I choke you to death right now, do you? <laughs> little noodle, right? I'm just going to choke you to death right here. What's your defense? You don't have a right to life because you didn't come under the command thou shalt not kill. I am under the Ten Commandments. I will self-confess it. I want to be under the Ten Commandments. I want to be under that authority. I want to obey that authority because, let me tell you, what the faith is about is obedience. It's not about guilt. It's not about indulgences. It's not about committing sin and then killing an animal to pay for your sin. It is about obeying. Yes, that's what yes. it's about. And you have a choice. You can obey today. When you wake up tomorrow morning, you can obey tomorrow morning. Yes. But obey his, what did he say? I never told you to do these things, just slaughter a bull for your sins. When I brought okay. you out of, out of Mitzrayim, I told you, obey my voice. And I will be your Elohim and you will be my children. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Amen. The life of lawlessness, then you know, he'll suffer the way he suffers. Amen. Amen. Thank you for your time. Be blessed and travel safe. Hey, thank Maybe you. Maybe next time so I the room. I got a nice 442-pound bear in the family room. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. All right. So let's go to the Goldroot family. How are you? There you go. I think we can hear you. No, no, we can't. Are you talking? Yeah, yeah, we should be able to hear you, and we can't. You don't have your audio on. Here, put, put the tech guru in there. Yeah, yeah. She's got her IT technician right there working it. Can we hear you now? No. Dr. P, I bet it's the same problem we all have. They have to go out and come back in. They have to click on that about the video. That's that's something new that happened, and we get muted out. Yeah, sorry about that. It's probably a new yeah. feature. Yeah. Yeah. So try coming back in and come back out. I'll see if I can catch up with you guys, okay? Okay, all right, thanks. Okay, Heather, how are you? Hi, Dr. P, can you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, good, good. You cracked me up. Thank you so much. <laughs> so really, so there's a couple things. Um, brand new tube, B-R-A-N-D, new tube, N-E-W, um, is a platform that a lot of like the um, disinformation does in and everybody left. And so you can get on there free, uncensored. That's a great place. Um, also, I wanted to ask, I really would like to, I remember seeing a show with you and Jessica a while back, and there was an advertisement for someone who was selling 
think certain wares, but I really want to get um, a shofar and also a menorah. Um, I grew up Christian, but um, I'm on the other side now. I've crossed over. So is there anywhere that you can recommend <laughs> um, yeah. that I can go online? Because I don't even do uh, Amazon anymore. I don't give them- No, no, don't go on Amazon, but there are never, some places never. out of Israel that uh, sell. There used to be one, I think it was uh, uh, called Jesus Boats. They're the ones who run the Jesus Boats on the Galilee. And they have, uh, they've got menorahs and shofars and uh, they've got all of that. So yeah, you can look on there. And of course, you know, when you, um, yeah, when you get a menorah, make sure you get a seven candled menorah. Do not get a Hanukkah. I mean, you can get okay. a Hanukkah if you want, but a Hanukkah is a nine candled uh, menorah. You want the seven candled menorah, okay? A, a real menorah. And then, and then with the shofar, you're welcome to get whichever shofar you like. Now me, I managed to get my shofar. I got a really good deal on my shofar. I picked one up for 60 bucks on the Ben Yehuda in Jerusalem. And, uh, and so I got, I got a good shofar and I got it for cheap. And uh, Brad tried to get one the following year. He couldn't touch it for less than 200 bucks. And he was, he was busy beating this Palestinian guy up trying to get the price down. And he finally got the price done. And the guy was like, okay, now that you got the price done on the shofar, I'm not letting you out of my shop until you buy at least four or five other things. He was blocking the door and everything else, you know? Anyway, yeah. but yeah, a, a shofar is a good thing. And somebody asked me the question, can a woman blow a shofar? Sure you can. Is it physically possible for you to blow the shofar? Then you can blow the shofar. And then, but but if you're going to blow the shofar, you should learn what's called the teruma and the tekiya, right? And, and, and so so you have, you know, in you have uh, yom, yom teruma, with, you know, this this uh, this feast of trumpets. See, here comes, here comes uh, Bettina. She's breaking out her shofar. Look at that thing, man. Bettina, maybe you can wow. share, with, uh, share with us where you got yours. If you didn't get it on Amazon, then break in and share. If you did get it on Amazon, don't tell us because Heather doesn't want to know because she's not going to buy it from Amazon. No. Actually, I got it at a bookstore called Shalom here in town. Oh, you they, got it in town. Okay. They had it shipped in from Israel. And uh, hang on a minute because there's a thing. Let me get well, it. The, the key thing about buying a shofar, you got to keep this in mind too, Heather is that you have to do something to mitigate the goat breath. I haven't both. tried yet because I'll probably sound like a moose who's dying in my living room. But um, uh, www.judaica and then the word more.com. Yeah, Judaica Moore. Yeah, the Judaica store. I got my I got stuff from there. The Judaica store has a, has a lot of, of shofars on there. Yeah, that's yeah. another good place to get them. And, really and, got metal on it. Yeah. So, are you going to try to give us a blast of the shofar there, Bettina? Not right now. <laughs> I, I don't want it. I don't want. I'll sound like a dying animal. Okay. <laughs> has Has yours already been cured of goat breath? That's the critical question. Yes. <laughs> oh, it has. Okay. Yeah, that's something you might want to think about after you get one is try to cure the goat breath because I'll tell you, you blow a shofar through the whole series, you'll, you'll come away. It came, with the, it came with the spray. <laughs> yeah, there you go, the spray, yeah. So, you know, but there is the Taruma. I can there give a blast. You can? Who's that? Oh, yeah. Okay, okay, go for it, Shelly. Give us a blast of the shofar. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 
we've got, we got to go in that of you. Yeah. So now that's a smaller shofar. And so, you know, there's, there's several kinds. I and mean, you can even get a really short shofar that's really short and they give a higher pitch, but uh, yeah, get yourself a shofar and get, and the menorah, like I say, these aren't items of worship, but they are things great to have around. Yeah. You know, when, when I bought my shofar, we were leaving Israel. We were flying, uh, <laughs> put, it, put it on mute and keep warming up, Shelly. Start, start some scales. <laughs> so, so anyway, we, uh, we, we were leaving Israel, right? And so we got on, we were flying um, Delta and we got on this 747 and I'm carrying my shofar wrapped around my arm onto the plane. And I was like the second person on the plane. And they said, this is the maiden flight of this 747 uh, flying this route from Tel Aviv back to New York. And I said, is that right? I said, well, do you want me to blow the shofar over this flight? And they said, absolutely. And so I pulled up the shofar and I gave a, a big shofar blast on that flight for that 747. And so you'd be surprised with that when that shofar announces, man. You can just announce the presence of Yah. Sorry, the presence of Yah is here. You guys need to flee, you know. Imagine when the imagine when the, when the gal shows up at your door trying to inquire about whether or not you're vaccinated. She knocks at the door and you open Shoot the door. And you hit her in the face with a shofar blast. The conversation could go a little bit different, you know. But at any rate, Heather, there is the Taruma and the Takia. Okay. And, and there's actually, I think there's four kinds of shofar blasts. But what they would do is you would blow the blast uh, for Yom Teruah, which you would go, you would say, long blast, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, those are the tekiahs. So you, you play the teruma, and then one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, so that's 10, right? <clears throat> and then you do that, and you do that uh, nine times, and then the last trumpet blast is the 100th trumpet blast, that's the last trumpet. Right, that's the blast of the last trumpet, and that's a long teruma or terua. And you just blow it and you hold it for as long as you can. And mm -hmm. technically, there is an up to it because you'll see that the there we go. Steve Tremble's got his. See, Steve's got the shorter shofar, and he's got the the sevenfold menorah there. You see the sevenfold menorah? Oh yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. And so what happens is is that by doing this. You can learn the, the shofar is tuned like a trumpet. So it plays one, five, eight, five, et cetera. And you can actually get different notes than that. Here, Steve's going to give us a blast. Take it off mute, Steve. Let me see if you're still muted. Yeah, he's off mute, but he doesn't have his audio working like everybody else. Yeah, I I think he's I think he's pretty, pretty good at that shofar. I, I'm getting that feeling that he's got it. But you see that, and and again, the menorah is something that you want to use to study with, okay? It's a great study tool. It really gives us that. Yeah, Steve, I'm, we're not catching your audio, my friend. We're not catching it. I think, I think, I think, I think you've got the same problem that some of the other people have had today. Oh, there, it there it goes. There you go. Takia and great. the Taruma. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Steve. Appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. I've been so watching the I've been watching the parable of the vineyards um, that um, I guess he was on um, with Jessica. And uh, I'm learning about the feast. And so I'm getting really excited about um, 
practicing and uh, keeping God's law and uh, the Shabbat. So um, I'm very appreciative and um, I'm just so grateful for you and Jessica and just life and being chosen. Um, it's definitely an interesting time and I'm just so glad to have all of my brothers and sisters here to spend time with on Saturday. Thank you. Uh, we're so glad you're here. Hallelujah. We're so glad you're here. And Stephen. Yes. Um, I know you don't know me yet, but I'm a big fan already of what you guys are doing. I've been walking and, and learning Torah for about 40 years. Um, but I have a gentleman who lives here in Tulsa. He was literally born in the old city of Jerusalem in the 30s. He was a little boy in synagogue when the Jordanians came and routed out the Jews of the old city and they burned that famous synagogue down. That's where he attended. That synagogue, by the way, is the, the original place of the Holy of Holies in the, in the second temple, that synagogue. I know wow. exactly what you're talking about. Yes. <clears throat> this man is in his 80s. When he was in Israel, he found, um, oh, what's his name? Um, his name will come to me. He was a very famous, um, he started what's called the Baptist House, if you've heard of the Baptist House. Was um, this in the American sector? No, this is um, in, this is outside of the old city walls, but near Ben Yehuda Street. And I know exactly where you got your shofar at, probably at Danny Boy's. Yeah. And yes, uh, I love Danny Boy. He is a he's an awesome guy. And um, long story short, he's an iron worker and he's uh, done uh, iron gates. He even did the iron gate work for the pres presidential palace of the president of Israel at his quarters. And uh, the school of Batziel is right there next, real close to the Baptist house. Uh, Bob Lindsay, that's who it was. Bob Lindsay converted him and taught him Yeshua through the scriptures because he was a traditional Hebrew young boy, that uh, a Jewish boy that grew up in synagogue and knew all the Torah and Tanakh quite well, but he didn't understand Yeshua. Well, Bob Lindsay taught him Yeshua. Well, as soon as that happened, he got blackballed and never did any more iron work in Israel. And he had right. to leave the country. Put an M on his forehead, called him a missionary. Yeah, and they sent him packing. So he's been in the States trying to get back and uh, whatnot. Um, he's the real deal. And he makes, if you see the menorah, I had this commissioned by him. He made this for me with his well, own. Well, I was wondering where you got that thing because it is gorgeous. Yeah, you, you, you can't find these on the open market because they're just not there. But I, I will do it. I'm not going to make money on the deal. He needs the money. He needs the work. He is struggling financially, him and his wife. And somehow we'll get this figured out. But uh, this one, I paid a little extra, but there's some extra things I did to this one. Um, but uh, let me get another one. I got like four or five of them. I've done so much with them. Well, that is, and that is incredible information. And, uh, you know, and again, if we can keep it within the community, that would be great, especially to keep it within the uh, yeah. Messianic community, right? This is a beautiful one. <clears throat> he calls this one the tree of life. And you can see the, the tree of life imposed over the mm -hmm. seven branch menorah. And uh, they're just beautiful. And we're working on creating one that you can actually light, put olive oil in, in the cups 
right. and with the wicks and light it before Shabbat and have it lit. Uh, this is digital lights I put in here. This center one is an actual candle. It's the true light. But um, anyway, there's many ways to go about doing this. These, these run roughly around 150 to $200. And so they're solid steel uh, metal. Uh, they'll last a, a lifetime. He spray paints them gold or silver or whatever color. He makes about, I don't know, half a dozen different variants. Well, let's do this, Steve, because we, we want to be careful not to be you know, buying and selling on Shabbat. I, I concur. If it wasn't for who he is and his situation, I wouldn't have even brought it up. I hear you. I hear you, brother. And so the thing is, but I'm going to encourage people in the chat, if you would, Steve, share an email address. Okay. Where, where people can, in the chat, so people can get in touch with you and they can make inquiry about this, um, about this shofar. Now, do. Uh, or about the, about the menorah. I'm sorry. Yep. And, uh, you know, if, and, and I can get shofars too, if, if that's something people want. And uh, uh, if you would indulge me one minute, I'm a big advocate of this. This is a ram's horn. The word is shofar. It's not a gazelle horn. <laughs> and Yeah, the gazelle horn's the long one. Yeah. yeah. Well, the gazelle was not caught in the thicket and offered for Itzhak. And so my point is, it's a shofar. We call upon the ram that was caught in the thicket. That was Yeshua. Abba provided the sacrifice. And so he does, like, like you've been saying all day, he's not looking to us to somehow appease him with our sacrifices. That's, that's pagan baloney. Right. He provided the ram. So let's don't call upon a gazelle or an ibuk. Let's call upon the, the ram, the shofar. When we bleat, we're literally calling Yeshua through Yeshua's own metaphor. Come help us. Uh, Clear the air, fight the battle. I'm in need. I'm yeah, over yeah, here. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's warning and and it's a and it's a yeah. It's a it's yes. a great call. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I, Steve, I'll tell you. Thank you for thank you for this information. Thank you, brother. thank you, yeah. and bless you all. And I look forward to you'll get to know me better, and we'll I'll plug in, and we'll do more. I'm and, glad you're with us. Yes, good to hear I, from I, you. I, I'm looking. Oh, I'm having trouble getting your book. <laughs> it's all sold out. <laughs> I can't. I want to get the book with the tabs and everything. Well. I'll email, you can email me, me and we'll- Oh, it's, it, no, it's simple. Just go to sefer.net, sefer.net. I, I, I did, you're out of stock. No, no, we're, we're back in stock now. Okay, well, good. Yeah, like we're I, back in stock. They may have, but we're gonna be closed for Yom Teruah, yep. but we're back in stock. And yeah, so everything's good. We'll get you a book, we'll get it to you in two days. Yeah, yeah. And you know, and of course, you know, with, with Sefer, you know, I'll tell you, I mean, there, there's some exciting, I, I just gotta tell you, I love our team at, at Sefer. I mean, you know, we've got we got Eileen working with us, and Bettina's working with us, and Jonathan Netzloff is working with us, and and we've got some new people who are coming on board with Sefer Academy, and uh, uh, you know, we got some distributors like uh, Stewart's a new distributor in Britain now, and so we've got some things happening that are like really really cool, and our, I love our team, and one of the guys I want to mention one guy in our team that you guys may not know, and he's not part of this fellowship, but his name is Asif Yosef, and he is our Pakistani interpreter. And he lives in Lahore, Pakistan. And two months ago, he was attacked by Muslims and they tried to kill him. And he ended up with, I don't know, I think 60 stitches on the side of his head when they tried to kill him. And uh, it was in the hospital for almost a month. And all because this brother is interpreting the Sefer. 
And, you know, he stands, he stands very tall and very strong uh, in terms of working with, with us. And, you know, and I want to make sure that you guys know his name, Asif, uh, great brother, a part of the team. And so our team is working, and, you know, and Pietro and Monica, who are doing our interpretation in Italian, in Italy, uh, and Esther, I think Esther is also working that. And that Italian translation, by the way, Jacqueline, is coming right along. It's coming right along. We're almost there. I mean, we're almost, we're almost, we're closing in on finishing the Old Testament. And, you know, to see the book of Jasher for the first time interpreted and translated into Italian and the book of Jubilees for the first time translated into Italian and the book of Enoch translated for the first time and second Baruch translated for the very first time, the very first time. It's just remarkable. It's a, it's a wonderful and beautiful thing. And so, you know, I just wanted to tell you, our team at Sefer, and I can't praise the guys that are working in Montana so diligently and so forthright and their stewardship is incredible. You know, that's Penny and David and the team working in the warehouse. I mean, you know, their stewardship is just really outstanding. And so, you know, let me just say, yada for everything that you have done in terms of keeping Sefer afloat. And I want to thank you guys for keeping, there was a time when I thought Sefer was going to close, but it didn't. Okay, so Heather, did you have anything else you wanted to add? add? Yes, one last thing. Um, I have found that um, the closer I get to Yahushua, the more I'm under spiritual attacks. So if, um, and I'm fighting it off and I understand and I realize that this is happening and it's going to happen. Do you have any suggestions or uh, yeah, oh, when, yeah. You know, when you're under when you're under spiritual attack, you want to uh, you want to uh, you know first of all contact your friends, right? And, and remember that the prayer life is is an extremely important part of this walk. You know, pray in the morning, pray in the evening. You know, Paul says pray without ceasing. That's good advice. Uh, you know, and you don't have to pray. You know, some guys were asking me last night. I was I was shocked. They came out of a Catholic background, and it's like, do I have to kneel when I pray? And do I have to pray out loud? And do I have to do this? And no, you can pray in your heart. You can pray in your mind. Yeah, here's everything. Satan doesn't hear everything. Satan only hears the words that come out of your mouth. But yeah, here's everything. He knows the words of your heart and he knows the words of your mind. And, and you can pray standing and you can pray walking and you can pray when you're running. You can pray when you're driving your car. You can lift a prayer at any time. It doesn't have to be a long prayer. It doesn't have to be a repetitive prayer. It doesn't have to be something that, you know, you repeat because you're taught, taught a prayer. You just pray. You just speak with him. Because guess what? He is a Yah that hears. He hears and he understands and he knows your heart. So speak to him from your heart. Speak to him from your heart and have a conversation. And, you know, and the beauty of it is by doing this, you know, you don't want to, you, you know, you don't want to be standing in the throne room using four-letter words. You know what I mean? No, yeah. It's one of the things that you don't want to do. And if you spend your life in the discipline of prayer, you know, you know, what disappears is all that language, right? And I'm not saying you use that language at all, but I'm saying that for people that do use that language, the more you pray, the more that language just leaves your body. It just leaves your vernacular because you want to express as best you can your petition to the father. You want to make it as clear as you can make it. You want to make it as simple as you can make it because it's important that he hears our prayers the way he hears them. Okay. So pray and yeah. then and then and look for fellowship and and have you know meet some people through the group that you can talk to personally. I mean we have a lovely group of people here, I mean, people who really have hearts for one another, and so mm -hmm. I would I'm going to encourage you to do that. Okay. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, Heather. All right, I'm going to check on in Bethany. So Bethany, did you get your audio working?
Uh, can you hear me? Hey, hey. Oh, finally. Okay. No, you know, I just wanted to share something that my friend um, sent me. Uh, she's in BC and she sent me something this morning, which I thought everybody would, would like to know. Uh, so it's about COVID. And it when it's spelled backwards, okay, it it, it is um, divok. COVID is divok backward. Mm -hmm. So what it means is possession of an evil spirit in the Hebrew origin. Yeah, and you have to remember about this, Bethany, that when you talk about Hebrew, right? Hebrew reads right to left. We read left to right. So we're reading it as COVID, but if you were to read it in, in Hebrew, it would be this devok. That's how it would read because you're going to read right to left. So the instant you look at it from a Hebrew point of view, if you were to immediately translate it, transliterate it into Hebrew letters, this is what you would be reading as possession of an evil spirit. And what's amazing is you know that the Jews in Israel saw it that way the instant it was put out. You exactly. know they saw it. Exactly. So there's one more thing, one more thing. Uh, in Latin, it means to break up, sunder, slash, disrupt, and divide. That's all I yeah. want to say. Yeah, well, it just tells you, I mean, it's a nasty thing. And you yeah. know, you remember when they first started, they were calling it the coronavirus? Remember it was the coronavirus? Yeah, Corona. Then suddenly that disappeared in favor of this new name. We're, we're giving it a new name. And the new name is equally as insidious as the old name. And, you know, yeah, it's incredible. I mean, we, we can see, I mean, there's so many things about this stuff that. Yeah, it's so uh, demonic. Yeah, yeah, it's demonic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so that's all I wanted to say. Thanks, Bethany. And thank you for getting your system working. <laughs> yeah, I got it. Thank okay. you. Uh, okay. Let's see hey, Dr. Pigeon. Dr. Pigeon, some people are waiting to get in. There are? I'm not seeing anybody up here. Okay, my sister messaged me, said she was trying to get in and she couldn't. Yeah, Let me back. Yeah, yeah, because I'm I'm looking up here. I don't see anybody. I don't see. There she anymore. is. She's in. Thank you. She got in. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. Now, don't let her talk. I'm just kidding you. I'm just kidding. Too late. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's go to iPhone. I'm not quite sure who we're talking about up here, but go ahead. Yes, you. There you go. Hi. Hey, hi. Um, can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, we can hear well, you. I guess um, listening to all the talk about, you know, money, I, I'm about to inherit a, a great deal of money and I'm not sure that I want to put it in the bank and it's, it's quite a bit. I'm selling a house in the Bay Area in California. That's a big deal. Uh, that's a large amount of money. So maybe I'll email you regarding that. Um, yeah, you're going to be loaded. Yeah, I am. Um, and I think that Yah has blessed me with the timing and selling the house right now when people are overbidding uh the asking price so i'll ask that uh, in an email but um celebrating the high holidays and not having a congregation or being a part of a congregation uh, just my husband and i who's watching from reliance tennessee and i'm in california hi honey um i well how do we celebrate the high holy days yom Torah, and, uh, uh, aka rosh hashanah i guess i don't know but yeah, um, and, to coach and those kinds of things. How do we do that if we're not part of a congregation? Yeah, well, I mean, big, big questions, right? Those are big questions. And the thing is, is that, you know, in, in the Yom Kodesh, yeah, if you, can you turn me down a little bit? There you go. In the Yom Kodesh, 
the uh, we have a discussion about the celebration of these feasts and how you do them. Okay, you have to remember that a couple of things. Yom Teruah was a big feast for David. They used to have a three-day feast, right? And this was the big feast of the year. And for them, it was a Rosh Hashanah. Now, this is not Rosh Hashanah. For us, Rosh Hashanah is the first of Aviv. This was, the, they, they call it the biblical first of the year. The Rosh Hashanah, the first of the seventh month, is called the civil first of the year, right? This, on the civil calendar. But really, it's a Babylonian calendar. And so we don't keep it as the first of the year, but we do keep it as the Feast of Trumpets. And the Feast of Trumpets is a very simple celebration. I mean, it's a Shabbat, you know, no work. And it's accompanied by blowing the shofar. And so it's, again, it's a celebration time. But you have to remember about Yom Teruah is that Yom Teruah proclaims the 10 days of awe. And that is to say that we now have 10 days to repent in our heart before we come to Yom Kippur, which is the Day of Atonement. And we want to, you want to take this time to be pushing back against the sinful nature, right? Some people fast for those 10 days. Uh, some people do other things. But in those 10 days, one thing that I would call you to is retrospection and reconsideration. Because remember that the word repent means to reconsider, to rethink, right? And so you want to go back and spend some time, you know, when David talks about meditating on the Torah day and night in Psalm 1. Well, the Torah is Yah's commandments, his 10 commandments. Believe me, there's plenty to meditate upon. When you talk about Yah's commandments, you meditate upon those things. You think about, you know, is, do you accept the idea that Yahweh is a singular absolute truth that governs every principle of the universe? Do you have idols in your life? Are there things that you are lifting up that you're worshiping? You know, are you taking his name? Are you making his name nothing because you're claiming his name and then you're walking out stuff that is not with, within his name or within his idea or within his way and his path? What about the Shabbat? Are you guarding the Shabbat? Could you guard the Shabbat better? Yes, you could. You could spend more time in your day of preparation on Friday to make your Shabbat that much better on Saturday right? Because a good Shabbat begins with good preparation. So, you know, when you're going to practice Shabbat, learn to practice the day of preparation, preparing those foods that you're not going to cook on Saturday, preparing how you're going to eat, preparing what you're going to be, getting stuff off your schedule so that when the Arab Shabbat shows up, you can go, this is it. You know, the sun is setting, we've hit Shabbat, boom, I'm here, hallelujah. I remember when I first started practicing Shabbat, man, we were just like in joy. When we got to Friday evening, it's like, yes, we got here. Hallelujah, you know? And the Shabbat was given for our rest. And it's such a beautiful thing that we would have this day of rest. Try to perfect that. Try to keep that. Try to practice that. You know, you can always do better at Shabbat. And of course, a difficult situation for everybody is honoring your father and your mother. You know, this is always a problem because people have got a lot of damage coming out of their childhood. and But you can meditate upon this during these 10 days between Yom Teruah and Yom Kippur. What can I do better? How can I forgive, right? Such that I can honor again, right? And so those things have to come, kind of come in place. And then you can meditate on the remainder. You know, what have I killed? What have I lied about? You know, who have I a born false witness about? Whose stuff have I lusted over? What stuff have I stolen, right? 
these are all things to consider and to meditate in the heart, reconsider your position to take this time. So Yom Teruah, you prepare by blasting the horn. The blasting of the horn, where you give the teruma and the tekiah, these blasts, these hundred blasts of the shofar. Then in your heart, you know, and you've told yourself, and you see this, okay, I've given myself warning. There are 10 days here now before Yom Kippur, when I am going to have to maintain this Shabbat on Yom Kippur. It's a pure Shabbat on Yom Kippur. And it's a pure Shabbat, and it is a day of atonement. It's This is not a day of joy. This is a day of atonement. This is a day when you should contemplate, maintain, and, main, and fast, and maintain your peace and your shalom. Now, after you leave Yom, Yom Kippur, there are five days until you come to Sukkot. And when you come to Sukkot, this is a festival. This is not a time of mourning. This is a time of celebrating. And the, you know, the first day is a high Shabbat. And if you can fellowship with other people, great. Some people, they like to sukkah. You know, and of course, in America, what does the sukkah mean? Well, it means a 40-foot wide trailer, you know. <laughs> I'm going to take my campground, right? That's my sukkah, right? And, uh, you know, but I mean, you know, but people will congregate all over the place. They congregate for, for Sukkot. And, you know, it's a wonderful thing. And, and technically, you're not supposed to have a booth anyway, unless you're in the land. If you're in the land, then you need to have a booth. But if you're not in the land, then you're not supposed to have a booth. But it's fine if you want to go out and you want to camp with friends and and fellowship and so on and so forth. Just do so. But uh, it's good to celebrate those eight days. And the last day, of course, is called the last great day. It's also known as Simcha Torah or the joy of the Torah. When you celebrate having completely read all of the Torah portion and that you're done and then you can start up the next year. And by the way, I'm, I am going to be reading the Torah portion following uh, the uh, Simcha Torah this year. I will be reading the Torah portions on Fridays and be making those available to you guys so in, in audio form. But when we, but when you have this, uh, when, when, when you've done this, so there is a huge celebration. I mean, I was in Israel for Sukkot two years in a row. And I'm telling you where we were, we were up in the uh, uh, Midbar Sinai, which was an area up in North Jerusalem. And there had to be at least, I don't know, nine synagogues in that little block. And those people were up singing at 1.30, 2.30 in the morning, they're outside in their tents, or in their sukkahs, and they're singing at full, at full blast, you know, two o'clock in the morning, right? Great celebration. It's a great celebration, the, this uh, Feast of Tabernacles. Why? Because this actually is the birthday of Yahusha. He was born on the first day of the Tabernacles. And then he was circumcised on the eighth day, which was Simcha Torah, which means that what? That he, that he, was, he was the living Torah. When he said, I am the way and the truth and the life, he wasn't kidding. He is the living Torah. And so, yeah, so the, this is tabernacles. But, you know, you have to remember that our sacrifices, like the sacrifices that are called for in Leviticus, have been replaced with prayer, right? Prayer and making yourself a living sacrifice. What is a rising smoke offering? It is a prayer offering. It's a prayer offering. So sing and be prayerful and so on and so forth. Now, when it comes to financial management, I'm just going to tell you one thing. I'll just leave this one. And I'm not a financial manager. But I'm going to tell you what happened with the, the Jews in 1492 following the Alhambra decree. You had a lot of very rich Jews in Spain. And they were trying to negotiate. And Philip, or, or, sorry, Isabel and Ferdinand had, had said, okay, you Jews have to leave. And you have to leave your money here. And they weren't prepared to leave their money there. So many of them bought expensive gemstones. And we're not talking about, you know, you're not talking about something under two carats right? Two carats and up. 
and they would buy expensive gemstones and they would carry their wealth in those expensive gemstones. Now, again, when you're talking about ex- a, a, a gemstones or gold or silver or any of that, you're talking about having to have a buyer at the back end of that, right? And I still, I fundamentally believe that you're gonna have to have some fungibility. You need to have cash, you need to have some cash. And, but if you're carrying cash, you also need to be carrying like a 357 Magnum, you know what I mean? Because you're gonna be the Wells Fargo, you're Dr. gonna be P. the Pony Express, right? What? I'm sorry, uh, there are some people in there that need to be let back in. Oh, Bettina. Yeah. Nice yeah, I got her. Thank you. So, I, thanks, Eileen. Yeah, so, uh, so I, you know, all I'm saying to you is that if, again. if you travel with cash, you need to you need to recognize that, you know, I'll, I'll tell you I'll tell you how I travel with cash, okay? Quietly, okay, and you and you have to make sure that no one knows you're traveling with cash, and you have to be, you know, you have to be. Come on, think, don't be foolish, right? So be careful, okay? All right. By the way, what's your name? My name is Karen. Okay, I, Karen I was, was going to call you iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know you as Karen. Thanks, Karen. Blessings Thank to you. you. Welcome welcome to our group. Okay. Thank you. All right, Jacqueline. Tu pari italiani, per favore. Niet, zegito, yanias kajit. No. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yes, I mean, it's all good. Um, you know, I'm still recovery. I had a very, like, a longer recovery compared to usual, but which is some kind of a pain, stuff, you know, not great, but there is a great side that they gave me more time to stay off from work and uh, spend the time. But keep this in mind. Those who don't work, don't eat. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, for now, because, you know, I'm off from work because I'm, I'm still not good enough to come back to work, have some complication, but something, you know, nothing major. So the, what I have a question and uh, is regarding, you know, you mentioned to the menorah uh, regarding also Philadelphia Church. And yes. I have some also stuff that come out very strongly later that I would like to share with the group. So for what concerning the menorah, I'm totally agree with you. As, as soon as I had the revelation, to me coming to Roman 11 and the book of Revelation 11 of the menorah and applying the menorah to everything, I mean, I can understand much better, not just the book of the revelation, but the entire scripture. Uh, connected to talking about the Church of Philadelphia. You know, I was wondering because we have the Church of Philadelphia and the Church of Smyrna, which I don't know if I pronounce well in English, which they seem the two churches said the best, but there is something more about the Church of Philadelphia. Seems like the Church of Smyrna has to go through certain struggle when the Church of Philadelphia seems to be less, but seems also to be the portion in which the church is, it seems most to describe the moment in which she's, she's gonna, she's has her encounter as a bride, okay? So it is possible that this Church of Philadelphia, the, the Church of Philadelphia is nothing more than a residual of the old order church that they described before. You know what I mean? 
like okay. yeah it, it's very possible because when you're talking about the order of the church you know and again you know this is a question that a lot of people have well what should we call ourselves you know mm -hmm. are we nazarenes are we in the way are we uh mashiachine uh, uh you know what are we you know because christians was a was a derogative term it was totally. a condescending term you know and mm -hmm. and so you know and so a lot of people say well we are the called out assembly the called mm -hmm. out assembly it's another good name for us but you know when you look at the original faith the original faith was very mm -hmm. very strong and it, it, you know, they practiced Shabbat. They practiced the feasts. You know, these, these, this is what the original group did. This was all changed and altered by the Roman church. Constantine admits it, right, in 325. Mm -hmm. So we see, yeah, so it's very possible that Philadelphia, so it says, well, just looking at this, it says, these things says he that is holy, that is true, and that no man shuts, and, or, and him that has the key of David, he that opens and no man shuts and shuts and no man's opens. I know your works. Behold, I have set before you an open door that no man can shut, for you have a little strength and have guarded my word and have not denied my name. You've guarded my word and have not denied my name. Now, yes. this, is, this is such, this is the, this is the largest part of the larger part because mm -hmm. remember that Mashiach said, I've declared your name unto them and will declare it, that the love of you might be in them and I in them. I've, mm -hmm. I've got a blog up. I've got a blog up on Sefer. It's called Baptizing Them in the Name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You mm -hmm. guys should read that because you'll, you'll find out that it's a singular name that pervades through all of it. It's a singular name. And that, mm -hmm. and so we're talking about they have, they have guarded my word and have not denied my name. Now, you see that when we get into the guys who want to move into the Greek Iesus, or they want yes. to move into the Latin Yeshu, they're moving, that they're not guarding the name. They're, trans, they're translating the name into this Greek dominance or this Latin dominance. But by yes. translating the name away from the original Hebrew, they put themselves under the authority of the Latin church, or they put yes. themselves under the authority of the Greek church. I mean, this is mm -hmm. what happens, right? But Philadelphia guarded the name and, and guarded the word and did not deny the name. And mm -hmm. so now the name has been, now I'm not saying that people have not had salvation in the name of Jesus. I'm not saying that. Okay. No. Mm -hmm. Or in the name of Jesus. I mean, there have been many people who have, have salvation and who have been persecuted. Right. Mm -hmm. Many people. But what you see is, is that his name was protected for all these years, but now it has been made known. Now his name has been made known. And because it's been made known, then we who are who are called by that name have a duty to not deny that name. Okay. Okay, Jacqueline. So you were going to share one thing else. Tell us what else that you're yeah, going to yeah. share. This is about this part of the story you already said. And just you know, um, about the name, because I'm having some a problem when I when I suppose the name and try to do it in the best way, and I see like some people was used to call brother, they just, just walk it out. And, uh, and, then, um, and, and, and then, you know, uh, there is the fact that this is also in Luke, I think Luke 12, which you said, there's gonna be a day in which you're gonna kill under your name. It just, it's obviously that the new name makes, it, it makes the difference. It's the one who um, I think draw the line between certain part of believer, a certain other part of believer. That, that's what I grasp so far. Because- Yeah, I think so, I think so, but Jacqueline, I think 
you know, I, I do think you're right about this, okay? That we who are called by the name are, you know, we're a different part of the wheat field, if you will. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just going to say this, that uh, those who are outside this community, we still have a duty to pray for them. Yes. We have a, we have a duty to pray for them and to not forget about them. We still have to let our light shine out the window. You don't put the candle under the bed. You put the candle on the lampstand that others may see and have light. We still mm -hmm. have to do this. And so even though, even though I can tell you that even though, and I don't want to take on an arrogance. We have mm -hmm. the name, you don't, therefore we're no, safe. No, 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 you know, no, no, I don't, I don't want to be in that situation. I think we, no. need to, we need to let Yah work in the way he's going to work because mm -hmm. we're at one part on the mountain. But there's somebody else that's climbing the mountain that may not see the, the, the view that we have because they're still in the trees down here at 2,000 feet. True. So that doesn't mean they're not climbing the mountain, right? Yeah. No, I right. agree. I mean, the way I do, it's very gentle. I hate when people like, you know, I have a name, you don't have a no. I do very gentle. The problem I'm facing here, because I know exactly why the name, why the name, you know, have it been revealed now, like have it been said to Dan, you know, keep everything, you know, uh, not revealed. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that before you could get away, even be persecuted in the name of Jesus, it's going to be okay. Now, as the way it's played, said, I don't have anything against if you love, you know, the, the action, the, the, the best, the best way to express faith and everything. But the only way, the only reason I say is because there, there is a high degree of a danger connected with not having the name revelation because the Antichrist is going to come and deal the name of Jesus. Well, Christ. I mean, this is, that, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you're right. And, you know, when you're talking about that, and I'm going to, I'm going to finish this statement, then I, I got to go on. Okay, Jacqueline. Okay. So, but I think what we're saying here, and I think what you're saying is very good because what has happened is this, the scripture says that the deception will be so great, even the elect might be deceived. That's a and, point. and because of, and we also know that Yah marks his people by placing his name on their forehead. He places his name on their forehead. What does that mean? He places his, his name here, you know, right behind the scalp, right in the pineal gland. He's placed his name here that we might know it, that we might be sealed in that name. You know, Chris raised it earlier that because we have the name, those who are of the name are resisting the mark of the beast. And yes. you know, and, and because we see the deception, because we see the deception and the whole word is deceived as Revelation 18, 23 says, by your sorceries, all nations were deceived by your pharmakia, your pharmakia. So you're right. I mean, having the name and, and when you're presenting this and blessings to you, Jacqueline, when you're presenting this to people to present I, the name. I, I do, I because the thing is another story is that the fake Holy Spirit so I was like saying that in this church, when they, when they call it spirit, that's the wrong name because the real name is Raja Kodesh, we know that, but it's a kind of a spiritual ceiling that you get because it's just, it just expresses itself, giving even state of a peace, a state in which you feel very good. They uh, think you know, you know, again, you know, we had this, this very same discussion last night about this. And just, you know, when you talk about, when you talk about a fake Holy Spirit, I'm, all I'm going to say is this, okay. Anytime you see the working of the spirit going on in a church, does it comport with scripture? There's a, you know, because I can tell you a lot of times you go into a Pentecostal church 
and they're laying on the floor and they're praying and they're doing this and they're, and you know, and they're, they're doing what casting out demons and healing in the name. Right. What does Mashiach say? I don't know you people. Who are you people again? I don't know you. Right. Yeah. Because, because yeah. you're workers of iniquity. Why are you workers of iniquity? Because you did not look, you did not guard my word. You did not take on my name. Instead, you had this other protocol, this other thing you were doing. And, yes. you know, it's, and scripture, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, you know, there's very little instruction that says go nuts about the Holy Spirit as your general practice, right? And the thing is, you know, I was telling to to, to it, uh, Italian friends from the group I have it with the Monica, you know, the Italian uh, yeah. group. And, and the thing is, I said, you know, and he said, I'm totally agree with you, Elise and Jackie. I had a very good friend. You're probably already aware of that. So I have a I good friend. Jackie, you have, uh, I have seized up or you have seized up. It looks like the whole thing is kind of seized up. I have returned. But it's locking up again. Make sure he has to get off when he needs to or the, the time's going to run out. Are you back, Dr. P? I'm back. And with that, we're going to take a break for a minute and let John play some music. Okay. <laughs> it went off all ago. Give ear to the words I say. Your love is going to fall like rain. Like the dew from the tender herbs, his love will endure. Consider the days of old, the promise of Yahweh. He separated the sons of men and he numbered the children. He is rock of the ages. His ways are perfect and ageless. Without iniquity, he saves us. So rejoice, 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 O ye nations. For he will avenge the blood of his servants in a howling desert land Yah alone did lead them Yah's portion is his people the lot of his inheritance and just like the mighty eagle Yah's gonna spread his wings. Amen. And take unto the sky the apple of his eye. But we all get fat and lazy. We turn our backs on the one that brought us through the fire and through the sea. And as for his enemies, they'll be heaped with calamity. Amen. 
So I suggest you heed the commands of your Elohim. Their wine is the poison of dragons. They'll be overwhelmed by his vengeance. Is he not your maker, your creator? So rejoice, 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 oh ye nations. For he will avenge the blood of his servants. So rejoice, 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 oh ye nations. For he will avenge the blood of his servants who truly love him and keep to his covenant cause that's what true love is yeah that's what perfect love is Shalom. Oh, yeah. I'd like yeah, to yeah, say yeah. something to Helen. Oh, well done, Jonathan. Shalom. Um, that was lovely. I'd like to say something to Heather. Um, when the enemy's coming at you, we've always put on the armor of Yah. And uh, we did it differently before we came to the truth. So now we have to readjust how we do it. But you can find it in Ephesians 6, starting at about 10. And we like to end with, for that we are ambassadors. So whenever you feel the enemy coming at you, just speak out loud, Ephesians 6, starting at about 10. And you can go all the way down. But we like to end with, for that we are ambassadors. Uh, amen. Ambassadors of his name. Huh? Ambassadors yeah. of his name. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, John. I'll tell you, beautiful stuff, man. So thank people you so are much. Asking if, you. You have, if you've got recordings, John, of your of your music, like if you've got stuff on YouTube up or whatever you have, you know, share some links if you got them. Okay. We don't have recordings of it yet because they're pretty fresh, but we will be doing some recordings and putting them up here before long. Well, actually, what happened was before we came to the truth, we just spent a whole season recording all kinds of gospel tunes and they're filled with Lord and Jesus. And we went back <laughs> and now we feel it's important to go correct those so hallelujah you know hallelujah. we we do have hallelujah available as like a, if you want them then you'll get the revised version but we don't even know if we want to give them away with with the lord and jesus and all that in there no we don't wanna, do that replace it with the set of our names you know you know what's what's amazing about that is that you know i i often find that you know, you, you get something creative done, you get it done, you say, this is the final project, it's great. And then it, it isn't 30 minutes later, you realize, oh, wait a minute, it should have been this way, right? As soon as you get it, right. as as, after you press it, right? Wait a minute. Oh my goodness. 
we started the website, you know, the imagery and the truth. And it's like, oh, there's that sheriff pool we got to take down. Okay. And then, you know, we're looking at whatever else. I mean, so it was over a year, which shouldn't take that long where getting all of this together. And then it was just like, take this down, make new imagery. Oh, there's a problem with that imagery. Don't want to use Bible right there. No, take that down. <laughs> it's just like, whatever, we'll figure it out. Yeah, but we'll guess what? But, but guess what? <laughs> by by uh, push, pushing it out there, you know, it's like when you're a musician, you know, you can sit there and practice at home all you want. But when that first time you take it on stage, you don't know how well you know that song until you put it on stage. Oh, yeah. And then you go, uh, whoops, I didn't know that part. Clank, clank. But, you know, after you make that first set of mistakes, you don't make them anymore. You know, so it was kind of like that first time you asked me to play a song. I played that song that I just played. And I had never played it for anybody besides Danny at that point. And yeah, you know, so I was kind of a little shell shock there for a second you know <laughs> trying to remember do i know how it goes you know but yeah yeah i know that feeling too what's yeah, that course keeps, oh, wait a minute wait and a he minute. keeps changing it. it he keeps changing it like do i like this and i say to him sometimes why don't you play a different song he said no that's the song these people need but for us it's a little tricky because we are in the secular entertainment industry and now we have to go through all music and figure out okay, we know we're called to be fishers of men. I mean, Yahushua wasn't sitting there hanging out with the perfect people, was he? No. And there's a lot of <laughs> no, people. No, <laughs> he only went to people that were sin-free. Now, you should have known that. So <laughs> it's just... kind of, it's, it puts us in a, in a peculiar position because we will give up anything and everything, but this is what we've been doing our whole life, and we know that we're called to be fishers of men john actually has a song called fishers of men that he wrote and we know that we're called to be fishers of men but it's like like what's been spoken about before how do you fish well what kind of fish are you trying to catch what bait do you use what technique what so you know he does have some secular music but we've had to say oh that we gotta at least take that's gotta go that's gotta go that's gotta go, you know. Just and don't be catching a... no day guns. What's that? <laughs> don't be catching no big day guns. Right. We yeah, just yeah, said yeah, that yeah, day gun, yeah. 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 We just had a conversation with that with our son up. He's up in Wisconsin right now, and uh, went to fi Friday went fish in fry. Wisconsin. You know, it's tradition. Everybody gets eats fish on Fridays, you know, and we know where that probably came from. You know, they oh, all yeah, think they it came from the Catholic Church. Yep, for sure. But everybody, that's you go to Friday night fish. So you know, it's like okay, well, we don't go to Friday night fish anymore. We'll eat fish on Thursday night. You know? What so, is <laughs> Yeah, there you go. Well, I tell you, you guys, listen. You know, just keep in mind that when you're when you're in the entertainment industry, you know, I was in that industry for a long time. And, you know, the secular nature of that industry is really polluted big time. And yeah. when you walk through that industry, there is, you know, uh, being able to cross that threshold from hard secular over to being able to do something that is, oh, we only sing in church. Right. Which you're not getting, you know, when you're singing in church, you're preaching to the choir. Right. Right. Literally, right. you know, and well, so you know, being able to be out in the world, uh, to be out in the world, to be singing your music out in the world, you know, like I'll give you an example. I was in uh, Milano and this musician is singing out there in the piazza 
and he's singing. And of course he wants to sing Imagine, right? Which no one wants to tell you, but Imagine is the true national anthem of the EU. Imagine there's no heaven, yes. it's easy if you try. Imagine if we're all socialists and blah, blah, blah. This is the true national imagine anthem. Imagine that we're our own gods, you know? Yeah, imagine we're our own gods, right? This is the national anthem of the EU, right? But there is a way to, to, to uh, sing in that very same environment and to counter that very same dogma. And so, and so I'm just going to kind of encourage you guys to uh, find a way to make your venue in very unsafe places, places where right. they want to hear Freebird. You know what I mean? And where, where you- It's funny that you say that. One time he was at a, um, what are all the big bikers? What's their names? The uh, Hell's, Angels. Hell's Angels, okay? He's there playing for all these Hell's Angels and he decided to pull out <laughs> Mr. Rogers. <laughs> It's a beautiful day in your neighborhood, you know. I figured. Yeah, it's that a beautiful was, day in the neighborhood. Yeah, I, I figured those guys needed needed a little bit of peace, you know. So, yeah. so surprisingly, they had a little xylophone, and I was playing playing. Uh, it's a beautiful day in your neighborhood on on the xylophone. And surprisingly, you'd be surprised. All these bikers turned into a bunch of babies, started crying, started singing this song, and everybody's hugging and kissing. All these big burly. Yeah, dudes. yeah, yeah. Guess what? <laughs> There is a vulnerability there, and to find that vulnerability. So, listen, I've, I've you know I'd like to take some more questions today, but I can't because we've already run past twelve thirty, and and I'm I'm gonna have to go. But I I just wanted to you know, and, and I hope you guys can forgive me, you know, uh, you know the Goldwood family and, and 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 Murray and so on. Can you guys forgive me? If, if can we if we can pick this up at another time? Thank you, Murray. I really appreciate it because we got to run it, and, and I do appreciate your conversation, John, and your singing. Thank you for doing that. And, and Marcus, the singing today was also wonderful. You know, I mean, it was beautiful. Thank you guys for contributing. Oh, stop. You know, music is something that is uh, really, really important in life. Without it, life is ugly. Yeah, it's just that simple. And uh, so, yeah. so with that, you guys, let me pray a, a prayer, a blessing, and let's let let us uh, come into this week now. This week is going to be a very interesting week okay. because we're coming very close to Yom Teruah now. And as we come close to Yom Teruah, it is time to start you know, organizing things in your mind. Remember, a great Sabbath begins with a great preparation day, right? It's the same thing with the feast days. Great feast days happen with great preparation behind them. So keep that in mind, okay? So let's pray and, I'm, and let's say a blessing. And, and uh, Kimmy, I'm going to say this blessing starting with you, just for you, sister. <laughs> I see you there. Yes, I'm talking to you. Okay, so let, let's pray a blessing here and, we, and, and let's lift up one another in this, okay? Heavenly Father, we come to you as this Shabbat fellowship. We give thanks to you, Yadda Yahweh, that you have given us your name and that you have put us together as a community and put us together as a fellowship. From around the world, Father, we have come together to join and to lift up your name and to praise you and to glorify you and to give thanks for your creation and give thanks for where you have placed us in this space and time in this particular place where we are, in this condition, all of these things that are before us, you have set us here with your intention to bless us in the midst of this. We give thanks for all of that, Father. We, again, we pray for the brothers and sisters that are here. We pray for their families. We pray for their children. We pray for their spouses. We pray for their parents. We pray for all of these things that a family would be joined in unity, that we would learn to forgive one another, that we can fellowship with one another, 
with grace and mercy and kindness and loving hearts. May we extend your love into our community this week as part of this fellowship. And may your name be glorified in us and us be a blessing to you. Amen. Amen. I love you guys. Amen. 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 Amen.